what the fourth industrial revolution will lead to is a fusion of our physical, our digital, and our biological identities. The difference of this fourth uh, industrial revolution is it doesn't change what you are doing. It changes you if you take a genetic editing, right. uh, just as an example. It's you who exactly. are changed, yeah. and of yeah. course this has a big impact on yeah. your identity. Yeah. It is important to use the COVID-19 crisis as a timely opportunity. So people assume uh, we are just going back uh, to the good old world which we had, um, and everything will be normal again in how we are used to normal, in the old fashion. This is, uh, let's say, fiction. It will not happen. Um, the the uh, cut which we have now um, is much too strong uh, in order not to leave traces. Welcome to the Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Wednesday, July 20th, 2022. Thank you for joining me today. I have just an absolutely jam-packed show for you today. There's so much to get into and so many important topics happening, largely a lot of it around the injection and continuing to prove the things we've been telling you for a long time based on peer-reviewed science, but they're continuing to be fleshed out. As you can see in the title, Germany's health ministry is speaking up and saying, based on what they're seeing and the data that we're pointing at, and so are they, that they're seeing one in every 5,000 shots given causing an, a serious adverse event. Welcome to the show, Sierra. Very important to hear. This is incredible to see because this stuff is coming out all over the place and they continue to ignore this stuff. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, this is the kind of incredible part we keep talking about how, how often this continues to happen where the trust the science crowd are not even looking at it anymore, apparently, but we're going to get into that. We're going to start with a couple of really, you know, the points a lot of people may be talking about that I think are largely unimportant, but I want to use them to make some important points like the AOC nonsensical discussion. It just seems meaningless and fake and everybody knows it. It's just, it's, it's two party paradigm stuff. But then from there, we're going to get into some uh, some interesting things today, uh, specifically tied into the, the breaking news around the vaccine, but the pandemic of the injected and how that shows us, but also the mask narrative and how fake news around masks is allowed to be spread as long as you do it in the right direction and anything else for that matter. Same thing with lockdowns. But we're also going to talk about the heat wave hype and how this is very clearly leading into and it is hype. Doesn't mean there's not a heat wave, but absolute hype and in fact straight up lies around this, but how this leads into the seemingly coming executive order for climate change and the lockdowns of climate and everything they're all talking about. Now, as far as I can tell, it hasn't happened. I'll give you the la the recent update of what Biden just said about how he's going to do it, but we'll go into all of that as we go through today. But to start off, I want to get into um, some interesting points that are one, actually just a nice point that I wanted to share, but some other important stuff that I wanted to point out before we get truly started. But stay tuned to the end, guys. There's so much important information to get across today. But this is something I just shared the other, just uh, yesterday, I believe. As I just said, there's a lot of good in this world. 
many amazing people like this guy in this video I'm going to show you. But sadly, the corporate media tend to hype the fear instead because it sells. The true character of a man or woman, for that matter, is shown in what he does when he thinks no one is watching. Have hope, guys. The good out there will outshine the evil. And the reason I say that in regard to, you know, the true character of a person is what they do when they don't think anyone's paying attention. And that means good and bad, right? When they, the, you know, people that are terrible people will do good when people are paying attention and vice versa. Here's a video I want you to see. Just, it, it's really quick about, um, it, as it says here, there's apparently a GoFundMe, $100,000 plus. This guy deserves it. 25-year-old pizza delivery man runs into a burning house, saves four children who tell him another might be in the house. So he runs back in the building, finds the young child, infant baby girl, jumps out a window with her. And this is what happens. Come on. Come with me, man. Come with me. Come with me. We gotta get away from the house. Hey, we gotta get away from the house, okay? You're okay. I swear it almost chokes me. I'm just thinking, you know, think about what it takes for a person to do that. We all would love to think that we're the person that would do that. The reality is we truly don't know until we're put to the test. Even people that would, you know, people that believe they would or people that have the kind of background that would suggest they would. I mean, half the time you find firemen or policemen in positions like this that don't do, which we're crying out loud. We literally just watched that in the Uvalde school, the Uvalde school discussion. But these people exist. And in my opinion, guys, more people than you might realize, probably the majority of people, as we've said before, they wouldn't pretend to be good as a government if they didn't think we wanted good from them, or at least to pretend that we, we are good people inherently. I believe that. The point is, guys, I said before, there's a lot of this out there. Don't be swayed by what they want you to see. The good will outshine the evil. I believe that. Now, going forward, I want to make a couple quick points. I already pointed this out before, but just to kind of overarch everything, think about how crazy this is. As everything else that's happening, as there's never been less approval, less cons uh, uh, support for foreign wars in history of this country, and yet every year, just like always, by the way, which shows you the illusion of our in, our engagement with this, because we vote, of course, and make a difference, right, guys? Despite our public and general opinion that never changes, you know, or, or the fact that the vast majority of people in this country don't vote Democrat or Republican, and yet that continues to be, you see the illusion if we're adults and are honest with ourselves, let the lowest support in history for war, and yet they continue to improve more and more and more money. $810 billion next year to the Pentagon for war, by the way, which always goes over a trillion dollars with the shadow, the things they do that don't, they pretend aren't military and the things they don't even account for. But this says after the aforementioned committee backed a $45 billion increase in its, in its version of the bill. Is that what Americans want? I mean, you know, that's not the case. So how do we discuss, how do we make sense of the fact that your congressional representatives, if you still believe that's what they are, decide this is what makes sense. I mean, ask yourself that. This is them versus you. You don't want this by and large, and yet they keep increasing it. Oh, and don't forget about the 40, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars that are flooding over to Ukraine. 
all of this comes out of your pocket while you can't feed your families and while they're telling you it's only going to get worse because reducing carbon or because of helping Ukraine or whatever they sell you on. This should be upsetting to every single American and you should start being able to see through the illusion of the party paradigm. I think most people are. Now, on that point of Ukraine, I wanted to reiterate this again, but add this point that Cabral, Cabral made. Zelensky has dissolved the opposition, which he has, and arrested more than 600 members of the government for being critical of him. But the Western narrative says he's fighting for democracy. Can you imagine if this was Russia, Iran, anybody else they didn't want, didn't like? This is hypocrisy, plain and simple. It doesn't matter whether you think they're Russian people he got rid of. Even if that's the case, there's still supposed to be a process in a democracy, at least one pretending to be. Or even if it was when you realize democracy is not what it's all cracked up to be. The bottom line is, it doesn't matter whether you think this they are exactly what Ukraine says they are. If you're pretending to be the freedom-focused country that you pretend you are, that's not how that's supposed to go. It's sort of like assassinating bloggers in their cars because they're too kind to Russia, which they then admit to, laugh about, promote, and say more will happen directly from a representative of the Ukraine government. We played it a million times. Finally, on the opening points, I wanted to make this point because this is important to see. This is this is the, it, a point on Julian Assange. Now, like I've continued to point out, despite some of the COVID stuff that made me give pause, but AMLO, the president of, of Mexico, I've, all, I've kind of generally been expecting some sort of regime change against him because of the way he conducts himself. Here's an example. He's delivered a letter to President Biden. On Tuesday of last week, during his visit to the White House, giving details that Mexico, his government, has offered Assange protection and political asylum. It says, yes, he said, I left a letter for, for the president of the United States about Assange. I explained that he did not commit any crime. He didn't cause anyone's death. He didn't violate any human rights. Imprisoning him will be a permanent affront to freedom of expression and, free, and freedom in general. You know what the U.S. said? Nothing, because they don't care about any of that. Hopefully that's clear by now. That's not an American to say because it's the most quintessentially American thing to point out how your government doesn't represent the things that we believe we represent. That is quintessentially American tying back to the beginning of this country founded on removing people from power that are not representing the things we believe in. Right. The whole point about I think it was Madison that said that to blindly support any president is servile and ridiculous, paraphrasing and ridiculous. Because you shouldn't be blindly supporting any president. You should be blindly supporting the Constitution. But we're so far past that at this point. In any case, this is the reality. They are trying to put to death, potentially prison the rest of their life, a person who told you the truth. What more, how much more of a clear picture do we really need? Now, on this quick point that I really do think is a waste of time, but I want to make some points on this. We saw this whole thing happen at the, you know, the, the protesting a ruling that gave states the right to make their own decisions. So shouldn't you be protesting the states that changed that and not the court that gave the states the rights they should have? Yeah, but they don't care about the Constitution. They care about pretending the Supreme Court did something they didn't do. So basically, from the, from the very beginning of this conversation, they're lying to you about what happened. That's the reality, guys. Oh, and I, oh it was, uh, let's see. I had this picture I forgot. I think it was from this in a statement Tuesday. Let me see real quick. Yeah, it is right here. Just thought I'd have to look at both. So this is the part about this that's frustrating. So first of all, just so you know the story, apparently Presley Omar and and OSO and uh, four of them were arrested at this rally. Now the first question we should ask when this happens was did they break the law? Right? Because if they didn't, well that's a big deal. The problem is Republicans wouldn't care inside the two-party paradigm if they got arrested whether or not they broke the law, they would support it because just like the reverse and we, we all know that's the reality. That's an insurrection. Look at them. 
That's the kind of garbage, nonsense, back and forth, hyperbolic nature we get from the party paradigm. But the question is, to answer the question is, yes, they did. They broke the law. Therefore, they are not being arrested unjustly. They did something that the, and, and to make it clear right here, at 1.20, the U.S. Capitol Police wrote on Twitter that it began arresting activists for blocking the street. Now, whether or not you agree with that that's the case or that should be arrested, like that you should have a right to protest anywhere because you have to make a statement or whatever, the bottom line is it is illegal to do that. So they could have protested anywhere else that it wasn't illegal. I've never had an issue with them upholding the law. I have an issue with them framing every person in every part of the protest, like on the truckers, with one area they point at. In this case, they arrested the people that are blocking the street. It's a crime. So they clearly did that so they could be arrested, in my opinion, so that they could make this big statement. Now, authorities said on top of all of that, they gave their traditional three warnings before taking the protest into custody. Hey, you're going to be arrested because you're breaking the law, not because you're protesting. And they all oh, way they're going to arrest for protesting. That's how they wanted this to go, in my opinion. So they broke the law. Therefore, this is not a big story. Here's the thing I think is a big story. In a statement on Tuesday, a spokesperson for Presley, one of the people arrested, one of the congressional member, members of Congress, that, that said the cruel and callous decision to overturn Roe versus Wade and strip away abortion rights for everyone who calls America home. Now, there's two lies buried in there. First is the Supreme Court did no such thing. I mean, this is childishly stupid. They know that's not true. They just want to simplify it for people that don't want to think too deep into this. They they are upholding the Constitution, period. You know my stance on this. I believe they should have the right despite my personal opinions. But the bottom line is the Supreme Court ruled on this and gave the states the right to make their own choices. So first of all, lie right there. They did not make a callous and cruel decision. They did a rule. They ruled in a way that upheld the Constitution. God forbid, I know. But then it goes on to say that that's ruling, which I just explained, stripped away abortion rights for everyone who calls America home. Now, nowhere, anywhere is that happening. Even in the states that are doing that, they're not stripping away, stripping away rights for everyone who lives in America. I mean, I don't even know if these people understand how dumb that is. They maybe not even understand what the ruling actually did. They may actually believe that's what happened. These people are in charge of stuff, and that should scare you. Either they're lying or they're completely incompetent and ridiculous and probably dumb. One of the two can only be possible, right? There's no other way to look at this. Now, that's the problem for me is that's called misinformation. But they don't care about that if it's said in a way that's productive for the political agenda. Okay, so they got arrested. Now, point here to make on top of all of this, is the absurdity of how this is being framed. First of all, let's be clear about this one point that everybody's focused on. She gets walked away and is very clearly trying to make it look like she's handcuffed. You don't do that. Now, it's, is it possible that she walked with her hands like that and they walked up and grabbed her? Sure, that's possible. But let's be honest with ourselves. She's pretending to be handcuffed. That's my opinion. Nobody can prove that. She could say she just had the one point to point out. Either, again, she's really stupid or wasn't trying to pretend is that right away she walked away and lifted her hand up and said, yay, well, support me, and then put her hand back down as if she was being handcuffed. Now, either she made a mistake right there or she wasn't trying to pretend. Really, it doesn't matter. But I, it does speak to the ridiculousness of the whole party paradigm thing. Now, the right wants to make it out to be only a left thing, but we've seen the kind of stuff on every aspect of the two-party paradigm, guys. We have, and we all know that if we're honest enough, to acknowledge what the party paradigm is. But the point is, nothing is real, guys, and we're being lied to about everything, it seems. But here's another point. It says, proud to march with my Democrat colleagues, including of the Democrat Women Caucus members, and get arrested for women's rights. Now, first point, did they get arrested for women's rights? 
No, they got arrested for breaking the law by obstructing traffic. So they're just, again, this is my point. They wanted, it's clear they wanted to get arrested so they could frame this like that. But the second point, guys, maybe just jump to this next because they asked the question. Women aren't the only ones that can get pregnant. Now, I don't know if this person believes that and is you know, show, showing you how they eat their own, they eat themselves, right? How when you paint yourself into a stupid corner, but it's not logical, your own movement will eat you alive when you go awry or just paint yourself into a corner, have no direction to go. So he may mean that. Either way, the point is that's what they would say before this, right? So going back to this point, the idea being that what about other people? <laughs> oh, is it only women's rights? Aren't you the ones 30 seconds ago telling us that everybody can get pregnant? The point is, guys, they don't believe any of this stuff. It's politics. They're just leaning into the current moment politically, politically, and their own movement is going, wait a minute, you guys are ridiculous. And th- this is how this works. I don't believe most people support any of these people. That's just my opinion. But then it goes on to say, the, and as well as getting arrested for the rights for people to control their own bodies. And you know this point already. This is the most obviously hypocritical point. And even their own movement goes, uh, 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 may, or, I guess you're right. In some cases, he says, now do vaccine mandates, <laughs> right? No, that's not the same thing because vaccines save lives and abortions don't kill people. It's just, it's, there's no way to make that make sense without being ridiculously hypocritical. But they're all doing it. Same people would tell you vaccine mandates must be a thing. But hypocritical across the board. And on that same ridiculous context, here's another part that I find laugh out loud absurd, but this is my point about the, the the movement eating itself. Like this is becoming absurd. I mean, it's been absurd from the beginning, in my opinion. It's always been absurd when they're trying to force things on people and try to make very clear things. Of course, trust the science over here, but ignore the science over there. You know how it goes. Absurd things into being common sense, like you can make up your gender or your sex or whatever. You, the bottom line here, There's a movement among some archaeologists, you know, so people with degrees and science degrees to stop identifying human remains, human remains from a time long before this nonsense ever started as male or female. You know why? Because, well, they don't know how they identified. Right. Because 100,000 years ago or 1,000, that's probably ridiculous. Let's just say 1,000 years ago. They were aware of the the fact that it was a construct, (laughs) they would say, no. I mean, we know that's not the case. So why in the world? Because this is about projection, woke politics. It's absurd. And I don't believe it's because people believe it. I believe it's because they use these things to control those people to an end. Either way, it's dumb. It's ridiculous. Now, on more misinformation, kind of political mis, mis like hype in general, which is one of the main parts of today. We just talked about this. What was it? On the 17th. Leading space scientist expert, science expert, predicts a direct hit on Earth from a solar storm. It it can cause significant blackouts, GPS navigation. Now, I showed you this, not to hype it, but just to say, guys, it's always good to be prepared. But they've hyped these things all the time. Here's my point. It was supposed to happen on the 19th, yesterday. Did the world end? Did we have an EMP? Did we blackout? No, we didn't. Everything went without a hitch. So we moved to today. Hey, a solar storm heading for the earth could disrupt radio and GPS signals. No, I'm not even saying that's not true. What I'm saying is this hypes and hypes and keeps kicking down the, uh, how many of these things do we get to be told is going to be an absolute for sure direct hit because I'm an expert that doesn't happen until we start going, well, are they lying or did they not know, or are they just hyping a possibility because it's politically advantageous? Here's the next same, same point. This same thing could happen. It's going to happen apparently the today or tomorrow. Different stories, guys. These aren't just the extension of the same story. They're different topics. 
But here we are leading to the same thing. Maybe it's just because they want you to be worried that general things happen all the time that could affect internet and blackout. That's not true. We haven't seen that happen thus far, but maybe they want that to be the case because of what's about to happen. Just a thought. Be prepared is always a good thing. But talking misinformation and fake news, I thought it was worth your time to understand that these people still exist. Here's somebody saying, hold on to your hats, guys. Grab your popcorn and do not panic because, you know, trust the plan, right? Measures and countermeasures, moves and countermoves. The playbook is clear and the good guys are rolling it out for the world to see. The veil is lifting. August will be hot. October will be a revelation. Remember the October surprise of like the last two years in a row that was supposed to happen? So much to come, says the Q crowd. Remember, this is all a show for show. The bad guys are being exposed and the world is being red-pilled. Not very much engagement. I don't think anybody even buys this stuff anymore. But yeah, the bad guys are being exposed and it's all of them, guys. The Republicans, Democrats, and just the government in general. The problem is, if somebody says, sadly, I've given up on the plan and it had to happen this way, just trying to be happy day to day. Because don't forget, in case you didn't know, their argument in this circle is still that this was supposed to happen this way. That Trump is, in some cases, actually still the president. And it was all about giving them all this leash to hang themselves with, despite the fact that Trump was involved with what started it and that he still promotes it and so on and so on. But don't look at the facts. Just trust the things we point out and highlight as if that's the full picture. But this person says, such a shame as we've hit the finale. I'm sorry, I shouldn't even, be, my God. Now, if it turns out to be the case, I'll stand up and say I was wrong and thank God it happened because we should all hope that there are good guys out there that have pipered them right into their destruction. But I just don't, I mean, how are we going to pretend to make sense? So we're supposed to pretend that they allowed this many people to be hurt by vaccines to call out the bad guys or to allow the children to be hurt exponentially forever because they're bad. I mean, come on. There's nothing about this that makes sense if you have two brain cells to rub together, but you never know, I guess. The point is, this is a lot. Now, a point I made on a show the other day is think about this. And I never am never calling for someone to be censored because I don't believe in that. But do you realize how many people out there with, you know, in the, the Q's community are out there screaming about all sorts of things that you, they would argue misinformation, even about the vaccines, even about January 6th, everything else. We've seen a lot censor, a lot of censorship, but there is a huge community of people out there that are spreading stuff like this constantly. Not like this, but more so like the things that they would censor if it was somebody like me or somebody like in this community saying it. There's a lot of it. But you point at somebody that's doing what we're doing. You see everybody in the independent media that's doing consistently peer-reviewed science, overviews of this stuff, challenging the narrative. And we're censored immediately, even though you can prove what we're saying. Now, on the other, co other side of the coin... They're hyping this community as the biggest threat since anything they could point at. The white supremacy, conservative, lone gunman concept, and yet they allow them to exist constantly, and yet they only censor the people like us that prove what they're saying? No, I, I mean, I'm just trying to make a point here. It's not, oh, oh, sorry, sweetheart. It's not all or nothing, right? It's not everything. But it's interesting to see that that is a part of what's happening. And so it just shows you that the thing that they hype a lot of times are the thing that they want there problem, reaction, solution, you know, building the narrative and people like us that are proving things get censored, even though that's what they pretend they're doing. It's important to think about. Now, on the note of misinformation or just kind of wrong stuff circulating, I wanted to make a point about this. This has been making the rounds since this is kind of my argument about the lying for your truth. And it really only comes from the partisan narratives. United Nations announces, according to this post, that Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum and the UN 
have signed an agreement to accelerate Agenda 2030. Now, if you didn't know that happened years ago, you would have been like, oh my God, that's big news. And a lot of people did. Let me look at the engagement, guys. 13,000 likes, 12,000 retweets. I mean, that's pretty reasonably viral for Twitter. As I pointed out, this was from 2019. It's still alarming, but it has been so since it was done in 2019. I'm not trying to diminish how very real this is, but we've all been hyping this, talking about this endlessly. Why are all the two-party illusionists repackaging old, already covered content and posting it as new? Lying for the truth or just trying to deceive? I'm not sure, really. But as I said, this is alarming enough. We don't need to deceive to show that. So it makes me feel that there's more happening here to misinform in just the right way so they can dismiss this in general. But here's the point. Here's the link. You can see it. It says right there exactly what they're saying they're doing now to accelerate the implementation of 2030. Yeah, that's that's alarming. But it happened in 2019. Right there. Just so that's clear, guys, these things should matter. What I hate even more than this happening is the kind of people that will hit, will attack me or look down on me for pointing this out, like I'm being counterproductive. It's about the facts and the truth. And if we can't acknowledge that, then we're going to lose, guys. Here's another point. This was circulating. Now, here's the funny part about this. I tried to look this up. It's Here's the crazy thing is this, this could very well be true. For the podcast, it says UK heat wave. Actually, I forget. I don't think I said this out loud. I'll go for it. Sorry, sorry for the podcast. I skipped something. UK heat wave. It says vaccines could be the way to battle the climate crisis. So I laughed out loud. I, the funniest part to me was that could be true. That could very well be exactly what was posted. You know why? Because we've already heard something like this ridiculous. Like Biden saying, we have hurricanes coming. Make sure you get vaccinated. Now, they fact check that and act like he was, you know, saying, well, or this or that or other. It doesn't even matter what the logic was around it. He was pushing vaccines because of a hurricane. And it's ridiculous. So when I saw this, I said, probably couldn't find it. As far as I can tell, it's not real. But a lot of this kind of thing is circulating. This was on, a, I think it was a TikTok or says vaccine to battle the climate crisis, you know, and it gets a million shares and everyone points at it. And we end up being called the right, the, the, the thing that they pretend we are. That's the point, guys. We need to be better than that or we're not going to make anything happen. Now, in the last one or last couple of points on the, this segment, it's interesting to me. I thought, the reason I do that is I thought this was the point I had last before I added things at the last second. But here's a funny part. Amazon sued the administrators of more than 10,000 Facebook groups that it says coordinate fake reviews in exchange for money or products. Isn't it hilarious how Amazon and anybody else in the government or the, you know, the mainstream will happily point out bots and Russian bots and fake news and fake reviews and paid coordination when it works for them? But if we even hint at the idea that there's some kind of coordinated bot program for the government, fake conspiracy, tin hat craziness, right? This is hilarious. So Amazon's pointing out that there are coordinated efforts to make fake reviews about their products or what they are. Well, yeah, guys, that's how the system, you've built that system. You probably do just as many fake reviews to benefit you. I just find it hilarious. The point is, this is the kind of world they're building. And it, it bites both ways. And we can't be okay with this. Now, on the idea of going back and forth, and I think this is very relevant, and this is why I included it at the last second, is this is almost a tactic. And I think we've seen this where they come out and say, masks go away tomorrow. Now they're back forever. Now they're going to go away in a week. Now they're back for a month. And it go, people just, just, their head spins. And they just go, whatever. I'll do what you tell me. Right? Well, here's an interesting thing. This was on the 18th of July. Fauci says he will retire by end of Joe Biden's first term. That's the 18th. Right? And he, he, there's quotes. And he's saying, oh, yeah, probably this, probably that. <laughs> Welcome the next day. It's 19th. I'm not going to retire. <laughs> it's like, okay. 
well, okay, did you, did you just want a moment in the spotlight again? Or, you know, what, what are we talking about? Why would you do that? Like it just, it, or why did the media do that? It's hilarious to me. In any case, it doesn't mean anything. He's probably going to retire at Joe Biden's end of term. And he just, want, I mean, it's like they want you to be confused about what's going to happen. I don't know. I find, I just find it interesting from day to day. That's that quickly, right? It's just meant to confuse in my opinion. And finally, as the Leo Terrell points out, attention, Dr. Fauci, let me give you some good legal advice. Hire some very good lawyers. Retirement will not protect you from being criminally investigated. That, that's a great point. I doubt that that's necessarily how the world, the world works. But I do think that a lot of these people are trying to find their way out of this situation because of seemingly how problematic it can be for them. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Plenty of other people have said that, you know, maybe that's because they're that much in control that they're hyping, they're rushing things forward. But, you know, you come to your own conclusions. I tend to think with the UK and plenty of other things, some of the spotted, like it goes to my point about whether these people are actually the ones in control, that Boris Johnson is really the one in control. Come on. I don't, how, I don't think we can buy stuff like that personally. Fauci, same kind of thing. But, you know, think for yourselves. Criminally investigated. I don't think it will protect them. But to get into the COVID-19 pandemic of the injected and the real important point from Germany, this, this is some incredible information. Dr. Claire Craig pointing this out. And I'm, you know, trying to make sure I'm following all these people in the new accounts. Breaking. The dam is starting to crack. I agree with that. German Ministry of Health admits that vaccines cause, and it's specifically COVID vaccines, serious side effects in one in 5,000. Here's the actual post translated. Now, it does seem to say after a COVID-19 hashtag, like this is a translation thing for the hashtag. It does, and you can read it for yourself. The link is right here, and she gets into it further down here. They're specifically talking about a COVID vaccine and doses. As it says here, is it one in 5,000 quoted as per injected dose or per patient? And the point is very specifically per dose. Here's the actual breakdown in translation. One in 5,000 people affected by serious side effect after a COVID injection. Directly coming from the, the this, is, this is the official account. Now, here's what's important to understand. As she pointed this out on her Twitter account as well. What are serious adverse events or side effects? They're, that's, they're mute, those terms are used exchangeably. Inter, inter, they're the same thing. So what is a serious side effect or adverse event? It's important to know. A side effect is considered serious, which is what we're talking about, if the result is death, life-threatening, hospitalization, disability or permanent damage, or exposure prior to conception or during pregnancy caused birth defect. So life-threatening, guys, in any sense of the word. Hospitalization, disability, permanent damage, maybe say for disability, permanent damage. Hospitalization implies life-threatening, but permanent damage or life-threatening side effects. That's what we're talking about. So think of how many people have gotten these injections. Millions and millions of people. If one in every 5,000 is dealing with this, which we know they are, then that's what Bayer's is showing us, guys. Welcome to the reality for that person who just tuned in. This is happening and it's unbelievably obvious. And now you're even getting people inside Germans' own health ministry. Germany has been on board with this stuff, is now pointing out the problem. This is a really big deal. This is a great account to follow, by the way. Dr. Claire is doing a great job. Now, here she points out something else. The percentage of non-COVID deaths that were in the vaccinated oddly keeps rising. It's not odd at all, in fact. I'm being facetious. The point is we've been pointing this out for a long time, specifically in the UK. But well, she's pointing out it's all over the place. 10 to 39 years old at the end of 2021. Un un uh, under 60, uh, currently 78%. 
under 65 at, at the end of 2021, currently 78. Think about that. That's just 10 to 39. 40 to 49 years at the end of 2021 is less than 80%, currently 87%. 50 to 59 years, it was under 87. Now it's 89. The point is they're increasing the non-COVID deaths in the vaccinated. And you can, hear, you can see the breakdown. She has the graphs and the links at the end. So you can check it out for yourself directly from the UK's own website. I checked it myself. This is the obvious. Now, of course, you could argue there's some other reason if this was the only data point, but it's not. We have an endless amount of data showing you what's really happening. That, that the vaccinated are getting hurt by everything else. And the argument being that it's reducing their mild symptoms, but that's not even true. And we're seeing that too. Now ask yourself why it would make sense that reducing mild symptoms after everything they promised at the beginning is even what you would want. <laughs> A lot with all the side effects and with everything else happening, getting one every 30 seconds, it seems. You know that's not the right thing to do. Now, Marty McCary from Johns Hopkins is also pointing out a very important study. According to the European Med Agency, frequent booster shots could adversely affect the immune system. The response, this is what we've been seeing a lot. And from other people are pointing this out, other ministries of around the world, other health organizations around the world are saying, look, we should, I think it was Israel said this, we should not be giving boosters as frequently. It's hurting people. Quote, immune function among vaccinated individuals eight months after the administration of two doses of the injection was lower than that among the unvaccinated. How in the world do you make sense of that, guys? So the unvaccinated individual has a higher immune function regarding COVID than the person who's got two in their body. You can't ignore this stuff. This is from 2022. Adverse effects of COVID-19 vaccines and measures to prevent them. A Lancet, pub, a Lancet published a study, or Lancet study, excuse me, the studies show, as he just read, that immune function among vaccinated individuals eight months after the administration of two doses was lower than among the unvaccinated. According to European Medicines Agency recommendations, frequent booster shots could adversely affect the immune response and may be not be feasible. Decrease in immunity can be caused by several factors such as the spike protein, lipid nanoparticles, antibody-dependent enhancement, and a few of things they list off. Oh, you mean those three things that have been dismissed as fake news from the very beginning? This is peer-reviewed science, guys. It's getting embarrassing. It's, it, I mean, it was embarrassing a year ago. It's ridiculous right now. This is a dumpster fire of cover-up and, 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 and willful ignorance of the facts. So what they're telling you right there is it's possible. So even if this was the only data point, that should pause everything. If we know, based on the peer-reviewed science, that it's, it's possible that giving this many boosters as they are could damage your immune system, which is the VADES conversation, it's the autoimmunity we've been talking about, autoimmune, uh, uh, the, uh, auto, the immune in, in deficiency, excuse me, that's what we've been talking about, we know it's possible, that means they need to figure it out. Pause it, figure out how serious it is, and whether the spike protein lipid nanoparticles are causing these things and antibody-dependent enhancement, which is very dangerous, then find it out before we do anything else. That's what will happen in any normal sense before COVID-19. Now, we don't know for sure, so keep getting it on their arms as fast as possible, right? Until we know for sure, keep giving it to them, right, guys? Because that makes sense. Science, safe, right? Safe and effective. Do the thing we know could be dangerous until we can prove it, right? I mean, this is just asinine. Lancet, the Lancet of all places. My God. Now I'm going to include, of course, the study I've been showing you since March 2021, or excuse me, since December 2020. It was peer reviewed on March 2021. Informed consent disclosure. This should have been bombshell news and everybody in the corporate media ignored it. 
a serious mechanism concerned that vaccines may worsen COVID disease via antibody-dependent enhancement. The very thing that Fauci admitted, the very thing that plenty of other doctors admitted is possible. And I figured out, I won't play all of them. I will play this one again just because it's important for the average person to see Fauci saying There's that. another element to safety. And that is if you vaccinate someone and they make an antibody response and then they get exposed and infected, does the response that you induce actually enhance the infection and make it worse? And the only way you'll know that is if you do an extended study, not in a normal volunteer who has no risk of infection, but in people who are out there in a risk situation. This would not be the first time, if it happened, that a vaccine that looked good in initial safety actually made people worse. Right. I've got two other doctors on the record saying the same thing. So how can we know that and then watch it happen, have peer-reviewed science tell you what's happening, and now follow up even more and have the Lancet come out and say that is possible from these things. And yet when we talk about it, you get the Z-Dog, M-Dogs out there calling you crazy. You get to say, I only reference him because that one topic is the point that always comes to mind when I talk about antibody dependent enhancement. He had this whole big video about how how dumb we are for thinking that while we have peer-reviewed science that says it's specific and significant. All right, this one right here. That's the final point here. That This is my point about this every time. You do not find this kind of definitive language in most studies. It's usually a little ambiguous because most scientists realize that things are usually a little ambiguous because, you know, this, Anyway, the point is they do. The specific and significant COVID-19 risk of antibody-dependent enhancement should have been and should now be prominently and independently disclosed to people that are taking these injections in order to meet the medical ethics standard of patient comprehension from informed consent. Not maybe, not we should discuss this, we should do more studies to find out that this should have already been done and it should be happening now. 2020, that happened right in the beginning of the injections being given. And we got censored and attacked and disparaged. Yeah, trust the science though, right? This is why they hate our show. Now, Dr. C uh, Simone Gold also has a great point here. Now, I will make the point here that this is the same thing we keep seeing. I agree with her on this. We keep seeing the studies come out with data that's pretty damn clear when you look at the data and then they argue something different in the conclusion. Now that you could argue it's because we don't understand what we're looking at. Don't forget, she's a doctor. So she does understand what she's looking at. So do a lot of other people that they list who have talked about this. But regardless of that, you could argue there's a misinterpretation happening. But we keep seeing this happen where it's very clear and they just basically state the opposite. Now that could be because they want us to see it and they're too afraid to risk their jobs or because they know the funding comes from the people that make the decisions. So they lie. Or we could be wrong. I'll let you decide for yourself. A new study published in the New England Journal of Medicine has demonstrated that people who are boosted recover much more slowly from COVID or whatever they're dealing with, which we're seeing everywhere, which again, that's, I don't even know why this is disputable. It's happening and there's been a, an endless amount of information in the studies, peer reviewed and otherwise, finding that and remain contagious for longer than people who refuse all the injections. That last part, I, 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 what I said before, it applied to the first part of it. Being contagious longer than other people would make perfect sense to me, but this will be the first that I've, I've really seen that pointed out. The science proves us right yet again. Now, I understand the idea of transmission has been clear, but more contagious for a longer period of time, that's interesting, and it makes perfect sense. But here are the studies listed down here. You can decide for yourself. 
Here's the, it, it basically says, and the, the image is what I find important, but I'll read this first. Here's the breakdown. You re, always read this for yourself in its entirety, but it says, we did not find large differences in the median duration of viral shedding among participants who were unvaccinated, those who were vaccinated, but not boosted, and those who were vaccinated and boosted. I mean, okay, so whether or not it's what she's saying it is, first of all, because it sounds different, right? I'll show you the actual image, which I believe she's pulling it from because she's looking at the data, not what they say the data says. That's what smart. That's what an ex, that's what experts do. That's what smart people do. You consider what they're saying and ask yourself whether you could be wrong, but you don't just blindly take what they're telling you as being stated, even from a scientist. That's just stupid. And that's, 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 what, that's why you trust the scientific method, not the science. That's an illusion. But going back to this, what it says right there alone, regardless of Dr. Simone's point on that, why isn't that alarming? So you, all you can do is shout down the fact that she misinterpreted the conclusion, except you ignore, ignore the fact that the study finds that there is no difference. We did not find a, a large difference in the average duration of shedding for anybody. Unvaxxed versus vax versus boosted, it's the same. Now, they admit we had a small sample size, which is important to note, which is I'll always tell you, whether observational or the, the things that I would point out if I was challenging one of the CDC studies, for example. But think about that. We didn't find a difference in how much. So that means the people that are vaccinated and boosted are shedding virally, which is what we're seeing, by the way, the most transmission happening amongst the vaccinated. The UK studies made that clear. Three to four times the amount of transmission per 100,000 for people that are with three shots in their body compared to unvaccinated. That's staggering. That's why they censored that data. But the point is they don't find any difference. That's huge. That means why would you take it then? especially when you know there is an increased risk of a lot of things, but they admit consistently to at least some increase in myocarditis, even though it's much larger than they want to point out. Again, going back to what Germany just told you, one in 5,000 people suffer life-threatening or permanent effects from this. But yeah, let's give it to everybody, even though it doesn't have an effect different on the viral shedding. What? My God, this is absolutely crazy. But here's the actual uh, the data picture you can look at for yourself. And I agree. If you actually look at this and break down the difference between uh, right here specifically, unvaccinated versus vaccinated and boosted, it's pretty clear to me that the unvaccinated line is pretty consistently lower than any other line, even though they have some points where they come together and so on. That shows you that overall it's less. That's what the data is. It's right there. It's pretty easy to see just because they say not a large difference. But there is. Anyway, you can come to your own conclusions about it because you're smart enough to do that. Now, here's what's funny. Even if she is wrong, I find this to be like, this is like the dumbest dumb that you can dumb. Like this is the lowest bottom level of people that will be like, okay, she says something on Twitter, right? This person steps in and says, yeah, I'll think I'll take my chances with more trustworthy interpretations. Or, you know, you could just look at the study <laughs> instead of going, who else is going to tell me what to think? I don't like her. So what do you tell me to think? I'm going to listen to you. <laughs> These people are ridiculous. And what you cite Wikipedia, because that's a sound location for information. Like these people are ridiculous. But by the way, I don't even think McGloon is a word, but that's a different point. I, tried to, I couldn't find anywhere. But come on, guys. And this is what we see all the time. Mike L steps in and says, I wish I could buy stock in upcoming articles about antibody dependent enhancement. <laughs> I agree. I think that's, I mean, exactly, because these things are going to be like, this is when you get the retroactive discussion about how it's something we've been listening and looking for signals of, and now we're going to talk about it. No, it's been happening. as, the, and, and when they do that, by the way, they'll just happen to miss this study that's been there since 2020, right? Act like it's never been there, telling you what we are now seeing has always been there. 
So I agree, Mike, great point. But here's another point. Joseph Bose points something out that I completely agree with. And this is completely accurate, by the way. You can ver- always please do verify it for yourself. A lot of times I don't have the verified links and things pulled up when it's a side point like this, but this is important. No vax for HIV after 40 years of research. We all know that, right? 40 years of research, can't figure it out. No vax for cancer after more than 100 years of research. And let's, you know, it's totally not because there's massive profit motives around not doing that, but no vax for the common cold. How weird, right? Even though it's a coronavirus and yet a virus mysteriously appears and within 12 months, way less than that, by the way, remember we showed you within a matter of months, a vax is found by four pharma companies within a week and are all mandated to take it. I mean, why can't we see how ridiculous that is? That's like a one in a billion possibly, probably more than that. Crazy. But here's Tipsy steps in and says, I'll take my health information from a doctor, not a revivalist reformer, whatever his his headline says. Okay, well, is what he said incorrect? Well, no, it's in fact completely in every possible way verified. We know they don't have a vax for HIV. We know there's no vax for cancer. We know there's no vax for common cold. We know there was a, they say there was a virus that appears. And we know that within a certain period of time, they did find one. And all of them did within a period of time. And they, now we've been managed to take it. Like, what about that is information that you'd prefer to hear from a doctor? You see what I'm saying? Like, that's just, that's ridiculous. Like, this is clown shoe ridiculous. But you know what? I'd like a doctor to tell me that I'm not supposed to think that. But then he goes, <laughs> how about these doctors? Michael Yeaton, Dr. Malone, Peter McCullough. Dr. I mean, all of these are very highly credentialed doctors. But oh, not those ones though, right? Or these ones from the doctors, the White Coat Summit or the Doctors for COVID Ethics. There's a lot of these groups, right? There are over 17,000 that are opposed to the vax. More than that. But I go back to my same point. What does it matter? There's nothing in that that you can even challenge. But you just don't like when you when you juxtapose the facts in such a way that it makes you feel like you did something stupid. So you, oh, fake news, doctor, who's a doctor? Killing me, absolutely killing me. Now, uh, the CDC comes out with information that we, th- this is about the keeping this under wraps point of it, guys. We already talked about the PEV, but this, as it says, CDC, this is a new article. So it's a, we just talked about it, but the CDC came out, I think it's today, and reiterated it saying that there's a virus that can cause seizures and death in infants. Oh, really? Circulating in multiple states. And I said, yeah, it's called the COVID injection. Hashtag vaccine injury cover-up. Surprised I wasn't censored for that. And I said, and don't forget, PEV, the focus of the very article, we made this point the last time it came up, is literally associated primarily with encephalitis and myocarditis. Now, I did this last time. I won't do it again. If you just want to jump on and just look up encephalitis and vaccine, there's like seven peer-reviewed studies that say that it can cause that. And the myocarditis, they admit themselves. So you're pointing out a thing that we're apparently not proving that's circulating that just so happens to cause the two prime. I mean, come on. Again, one data point like this is not enough. But when taken in conjunction with everything else that we are looking at, I mean, how do you miss something that crazy? This is an effort, in my opinion, to, and let's just put it this way. Even if PEV is something that is circulating, the hype and focus on it, I believe, is to make sure we can lump these things in, just like they do flu and pneumonia with COVID-19. Now, Vince, Vincent comes and says, come on, we all know it's due to climate change and eating after midnight. Of course, right? It's common sense. We'll get to that climate change point as we go through today. That's one of the big focuses. But here is Seeking Science in, in the Psychosis. You made, he pointed this out to me. Thank you. Appreciate it. He says, former Olympian and marathon runner, chief of ER, dies suddenly while out for a run. Seriously. I mean, this is what gets ridiculous. Heart attack. 
sadly takes another presumably kind soul. Be wary of spam sites when searching the cause of death. And I, I thank you. I appreciate that. Because just because you assume that it, it seems ridiculous doesn't mean it could have been something that it couldn't have been something else. We, we don't want to become what they say we are. So it's not the confirmation bias. We'll get, especially because it's quite obvious that this is a likely cause right now. But even still, we should go, okay, we don't know for sure. That's just what we honest people do, right? We don't want to be like them. But here's the story. Well-known Toronto emergency physician dies suddenly while running. A very fit person, guys. New York General Hospital. Wait a minute. Oh, that was this point. Okay, good. I, was, I thought I missed a point there. So I'm going to show you the, I'll just do it right now before I read it. The point is that this is New York Presbyterian. But as far as I can tell, in New York in general, this is the standing guidelines for any New York hospital. Vaccinated visitors must show official proof vaccination, such as the Excelsior Pass vaccination card or equivalent proof. So it's pretty logical to assume that if they require anybody even entering the premises to prove their vaccine passport, that the doctors are vaccinated, right? A well-known leader in Canadian emergency... uh, Oh, wait, wait, hold on. See, I did mix this up. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Okay. Well, so this, I'm confusing myself. Let me read through this article. A well-known leader in Canadian emergency medicine has died. Dr. Paul Hanam, who was the chief of emergency medicine and the program medical director at New York General Hospital, died suddenly on Saturday. Okay. So it's what's it's confusing. Apparently he's the leader in Canadian emergency medicine, but he works in, uh, no, that's what I did. That's what I did. Okay. So I, I mixed it up between New York and North. That's my fault. So can, ignore that. But the same point applies. Canada's the same way. You know that these things are the the Canada is worse than anywhere right now, it seems, for the most part. So if they're working in the hospital, it's most logical to assume that they probably had the injection. But let's just run on. Let's let's say we don't know, because that's the that's the fair way to report that. The likelihood is he was, but we don't know for sure. North York General Hospital. I misread that as New York. My my fault. Died suddenly on Saturday. Collapsed while out running. Olympic sailor, marathon runner. So marathon runner and he was still regularly running. And yet he dies from a heart problem suddenly on a run. Or I guess it's my assumption it's a heart problem. But I mean, guys, like, let's, let's, how much you, I mean, let's, I'm going to go ahead and say it. We don't know. But when this story flushes out, it's, I, I'm going to, my gut would tell me it's going to be cardiac arrest because that's what we're seeing. But the sad part about it is, is there's no point. There's no discussion. It just goes, died suddenly. An emergency physician, Olympic runner, was it Olympic or marathon runner? I mean, come on. Now, here's Dr. McCullough pointing something out that I think is very important, just continually knocking these points out. Here's the article referenced, and this is specifically about 7,750 people who have had intracranial hemorrhage or stroke just in three small Scandinavian countries. Now, let's see. This was a minute 38. Let me see where we are. Oh, I think I'm just going to let you watch it for yourself. Here's the article. June 14th. It says, in the self-controlled case series, there was an increased rate of hospital contacts because of coagulation disorders and cerebrovascular disease, especially for thrombocytopenia and cerebrovenous thrombosis, both of which we've been calling out from the very beginning, following vaccination with specifically the uh, AstraZeneca. But it says, although increased rates of several of those events where outcomes following the Pfizer and the Moderna injections were observed, the increases were less than the rates observed after AstraZeneca. So there were increases that are just focusing on AstraZeneca. So he makes this point in here and makes this clear. I am actually going to play this really quickly for you. Let me grab, I do have the clip pulled up. Here we go. 
there are many products that actually go bad in multi-use files. There wasn't enough time to even test whether or not multi-use files was going to be an adequate way to handle such a delicate substance. So the experts are telling me now the answer to the Joe Rogan question is that many people get basically a dud. They, they get uh, lipid nanoparticles that are broken. The messenger RNA is crumpled. Not much gets installed into the body. They may get a sore arm, but they don't get much else. Uh, they don't get actually a good genetic installation of the, the code. But those who do, those are the ones that just rip for uh, a case of myocarditis. And recently, uh, in really another shocking paper that I have to uh, a quote, this hit JAMA in this week's issue, Paul, it's really stunning, by Burled and colleagues, Burled and colleagues reported on 1,000 700 and uh, I'm sorry, reported on 7,750 people who have had intracranial hemorrhage or stroke just in three small Scandinavian countries, three countries, 7,700 disastrous neurologic events within 28 days of receiving the vaccine. And they carefully censored the data for anybody when they got COVID. So the virus is not implicated. That's up on my Twitter feed. This is stunning. That's an entire legion of people, Paul, now who are neurologically devastated. So the, the reality here is that we're seeing this everywhere around the world. Now, the whole point about the lot, I think, is an interesting conversation that we're not having enough. But what's interesting is that I'm not sure if I believe, like, I, I think it's more about the argument and, and like that they're kind of making right here, that it's more about the way that it affects people differently. And that there's only so many people that will be truly hurt by any real dangerous thing. You know, there's a percentage and not necessarily the idea that there's some lots that are made more dangerous. That's certainly possible, but it's an interesting argument regardless that we're seeing this happen. Like, how do you ignore something like that here? I mean, th- this is the reality right there. And these are, this is peer reviewed science. This is how embarrassing this continues to get as they continue to ignore the thing they claim they're trusting. Now, another clip I want to play before we get into the next part of this, but I just think this is, it's, I mean, it's good that we can laugh. We need an occasional laugh, but this is really alarming stuff. This is because, like I said, this is priceless and yet horrifyingly unnerving at the same time. Makes me very happy I was able to reach people before they got played. Many of them that thank me still. Thank God that I watch your show. Not to pat myself on the back like that. I'm, I'm proud of that. Because I, I feel like I save people's lives. For those still complying, it may not be too late to stop now. Hashtag Vades. Now, here is the uh, clip I want to play next. News. The vaccine is on its way. Oh, really? That's right. It's a brand new mRNA vaccine. So mRNA, that's never been done before, right? Oh, no, it's been done before. It just never made it out of the testing phase because all of the animals kept dying. But, uh, but it'll be different this time. How so? Well, we're not going to do the animal testing, so. So you're just going to go straight to testing on humans? Yeah, you could say that. I mean, even so, don't most vaccines take years to develop and decades to test? It's here. The vaccine is here. Uh, already? That's right. It's here, and it's 100% effective. No transmission, no infection, and you don't have to wear a mask or stay locked down anymore. Wow, really? Yep, that would be except for the things about the mask and lockdown, yep. Uh, okay, but it's 100% effective? That's right, 90% effective. And frankly, 85% effectiveness is really incredible. Oh, so it's only like 85% effective? Eh, not quite. It's uh, more like 75%, but 
hey, 65% still very good. I mean, they said we'd never even get to 50% effectiveness, and we did almost. So 40%, really great achievement. So it's only like 40% effective now? For a bit. A bit? I mean, it wears off. So. Well, after how long? Like four to six. Four to six what? Booster shots a year. Okay, so it really only works like right after you get the shot. Well, not right after, because we don't even consider you vaccinated until two weeks after your second shot, so. Okay, so it takes like a month for the shots to work, but it wears off, and even then it only gives you mild protection, but you have to get boosters that also wear off. You still have to wear a mask, and you can still get COVID, and you still have to stay home, and there are rare but serious side effects, and all of this over a virus that has a survival rate of over 99.5%. Whoa, 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 I never said anything about uh, serious side effects. Uh, are there, though? Uh, certainly none I've ever discussed. Yeah, but have there been reports of serious side effects? No, 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 I mean, it, except for like AIDS or whatever. Did you say AIDS? Hmm? Yeah, yeah, basically you like get AIDS and then there's this heart thing where your heart explodes and sometimes half your face falls asleep forever and uh, almost everybody gets extreme nausea and pain at the site of the injection. Sometimes they just die right there at the injection site, but we're not sure that's caused by the vaccine, so we will not be looking into it. I, I cannot believe that pharmaceutical companies would actually release this to the American people. Oh no, it's totally fine. They're completely indemnified against any wrongdoing, so they'll be fine. Right. Look, a vaccine is literally the only plan I have. Now, there's, there's, I think there's more to that. I, I haven't had a chance to look because it seems like it continues. But that, I just, I, it, I need, I need to laugh like that. I mean, again, like I said, it's horrifying at the same time. But as they said in the chat, in macabre sort of way, it is funny. But think about how crazy that is, right? I mean, it just blows me away that we're at a point where this is something that we still pretend makes sense. That, that this evolution of it, even if you think they're just like, even if you actually think that they weren't being dishonest, you still need to stand there and go, well, they clearly did not work. Now, my point continues to be about the waning. Remember, the beginning was all about how the unvaccinated are the only problem. That's why the variants are happening. That wasn't true. It pretty clearly proved that. But on top of that, it was your fault, right? Because you weren't doing what you were supposed to. Well, whose fault is it they're not working? Whose fault is it they're waning? It's not your fault. They didn't do it. They are hurting your body. And that's what we continue to see. That's what Germany is saying. That's what they're all telling you. The new studies are saying the boosting like we're doing is going to hurt people. And all they do is ramp up the boosting. How do you not see that? Now, moving over to the mass conversation, this applies to everything. This is the incredible part about the misinformation. As I said, what did I tell you? You are absolutely allowed to spread blatant misinformation as long as you do so in favor of the mainstream narrative as this below tweet makes abundantly clear. And Twitter will even put it under an official science heading for you. I mean, how embarrassing for them. I mean, they've changed it since then. But as this person points out, thank you for pointing this out, Connection Doctor. For everyone wondering how that Twitter algorithm works, uh, really works, I S you not. Family friendly show. Under the hashtag science <laughs> or the, 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 the Twitter category. So they're the ones that put that stuff out like that. The real toother says, fact. Mask mandates have saved 545,000 lives in American dentist's office alone. He's being facetious. It's ridiculous. And they put it under science. You know why? Because all he had to do was say mask mandate saved lives. A, science, because they're on the science path. They're trusting the science of the narrative, right? How? I mean, that's embarrassing. They should be embarrassed about that. Here's the tweet. So you can see it's not made up. <laughs> it's still there. It's a ridiculous, it's a joke. I mean, this is meant to be a joke. 
even if it's not, it's absurd to pretend that that many lives have been saved in dentist office because they're wearing masks. The bottom line is that that is the kind of thing we're seeing, that you're allowed to lie in the direction of the narrative. And I made that case with the with the the tweet that I put out that got all sorts of reach. People, I got like 100 people reported it. And they still left it up where it said that if you take this injection, you'll never die. Not, I, I didn't even say it like that because I wanted it to be not hype, ridiculous to the point where they pretend I'm joking. I said, if you take this injection, you, uh, I forget how I said it, like that you, nothing, I, I forget. In any case, the point was it was misinformation and people reported it and they left it up because it was pro-vaccine. We know that's happening. Now here's on the mask topic, since they bring that up, that we keep seeing this happen despite the science. Here is an MD, MS, FC, FCCM, FAAP, doctor, whatever. COVID-19 has hit my kid, he says. We vaccinated, masked, ate outside, and yet I hate the people who downplayed masks and continue to push misinformation. The disappointment on his face as we cancel long-made plans is devastating. Okay, so you got injections, you masked, you did everything right, and because some unknown person that you can't identify didn't mask, how do you know they didn't mask then if you don't know? You know, it's the idea that anybody anywhere who didn't mask is therefore at fault for that. I mean, think about how childishly reductive that is. As a doctor, that's your logic. That's your deductive logic. Because science said, which is actually the narrative said. So, I mean, I mean and here, I'll play it again. Because the source links are here. This is the important thing because this is new, mostly peer-reviewed science, new information despite the science. The Fulgen effect. This study revealed that wearing face masks might impose a great risk on individuals. New study, face mask usage correlates with higher death rate, was not able to reduce transmission. Also suggests the universal use of masks may have had a harmful unintended consequence. The carbon dioxide content in inhaled air rises on average to 13,000 parts per million, no matter whether children wear a surgical or a higher level mask. This study, the random controlled trial of cloth masks, moisture retention, reuse of cloth masks, and pore filtration may increase your risk of infection. Cloth masks should not be recommended. In the pooled analysis of everything, we found no significant reduction in influenza transmission with the use of face masks. There is limited evidence for their effectiveness in preventing influenza virus transmission, either when worn by the infected person for source control or when worn by uninfected persons to reduce exposure. Our systematic review found no significant effect of face masks on transmission of laboratory-confirmed influenza. So that's just a small scraping of some of the studies that we have that are out saying that from every walk of the argument. From the fact that they don't reduce transmission, there's no mask other than like the high level uh, BSL level lab kind of uh, respirators that are specifically tailored to your face alone. Other than that, no N95s, no any other variation are statistically significant against reducing transmission. There's been, I mean, I, I, might, I think I might have included it. No, it looks like I didn't just because I've, I've, I've talked about it before. There's studies peer reviewed otherwise that compare respirating N95s to normal masks. No statistically significant difference. The fact is the science has continued to show that they do not have a statistically significant effect on reducing transmission. Gee, I wonder why they keep getting sick. The point on top of that is that they hurt you. They affect you negatively. They cause all sorts of problems. They increase your risk of infection. Is he not, is he trusting the science? This is all mostly 2022 peer reviewed studies or it increases your risk of cardiac event. But yeah, but he's telling us that it's your fault, whoever he's aimlessly pointing at in the world who didn't wear a mask that day, that we all got sick, even though we did everything we were supposed to. That is projection. You're mad that it didn't work the way that you were told it would because you followed orders like a child. 
this is sad and you're hurting your child by doing this. Yeah, hashtag parenting, right? Here's all the source material, guys. You think I mean you think I'm making it up. You go through these studies, peer-reviewed, 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 all but one. One of them is just a, an article from this saying the 25% increase in cardiac. I mean, this is ridiculous. Now, here is another one. CMO Paul Kelly's advice to wear masks is the last thing Australia wants. This is today. Chief Medical Officer Paul Kelly has said the words, no Australians ready to hear, but there's a stark reason why people aren't listening, aren't willing to listen. I am wearing a mask now. You will have noticed the minister is wearing a mask as well. Uh, wait a minute. Mm, explain that to me. Like, whoever wrote this article probably snuck this in for a reason. I mean, we're looking at him right there. How do you explain why one is wearing a mask and one is not? Didn't you just tell us that we need to, that when you're indoors and close to people, that you should wear a mask? There's the picture. What am I missing? <laughs> I mean, it's just like, again, the Fauci point. It's like, is it meant to be inconsistent? So it puts you in a place of, of frustrated confusion? In any case, you'll notice that the guy not wearing a mask in this picture wore a mask as well. This is our leadership role for the community. This is This will now be forever, not be forever, but for the next few weeks, this is the way we can actually influence influence what? I mean, that's a weird statement, but forever, it just means not forever, just until the next time we tell you to put it back on. The mask advice isn't mandatory though. And there there lies the rub. Why go on TV and make a big fuss about something that isn't mandated? Oh, you mean like the world used to be before COVID where you go on and say, we advise you to do this because that's what we think is right, but we're not allowed to force you to do stuff because you have rights. (laughs) They think how funny that is. Why go on TV if you're not going to force them to do it? Think about how broken that logic is. We're in a world now where the dumb peons don't know what's best for them, so why don't you force them? That's what the corporate media pushes. Most people don't agree with that. Go on TV and make the fuss because you're trying to inform people about what you what you believe is the right choice. Now, I don't agree with the right choice. I don't think they don't think it's the right choice. But regardless, the point would be that that's how that's supposed to go. It's fair to say that many of us are traumatized by the rules we've had, that we've had inflicted on us since the start of the pandemic, and this kind of vagueness makes us feel anxious about what's next. Like, that's speaking to the people that are hooked into the narrative. They're addicted to COVID fear. So they're going, oh, no, don't just give me a vague, tell me what to do. And you're, But before that, admitting that you're traumatized because of the rules, but now you have to have the rules to stop yourself from being scared. That's social engineering. I mean, that's incredibly obvious. Over the past two years of four months, Australians have largely been obedient and followed the rules. You hear that, Australians? I know you don't think that, and you, I don't even think that's actually true. But the point is, after all, we had we are almost 85% double vaccinated. Well, seeing as how we're on shot number four and five, I think it's not the same point you think it is. But the reality is that people obedient and following the rules is not how you're supposed to describe a free country, is it? Many of us get those vaccinations under the belief that once we did, restrictions would ease and eventually disappear altogether. Well, yeah, that's not what happened, though. Vaccinations won't stop transmission. Remember, that used to be fake news. But they do help prevent severe illness. That's not true. And isn't that main? Isn't that the main thing? Jesus, this is corporate media. Isn't that main thing at the end of the day? No, it's not. But this is how they try to move that goalpost. The main thing at the end of the day is stopping you from dying. Or really, it was always originally about stopping you from getting sick and therefore stopping you from dying. But now we've just moved it all the way to the, well, you you didn't get really sick, except they didn't, they didn't, he died. But there, it could have been worse, though. It's undefinable. I can only guess that Professor Kelly wasn't able to get a mask mandate past cabinet because ministers know Aussies simply aren't going to stick to it. Right. So because of their pesky rights and the fact that they don't want to move along with us, 
we won't do it. Well, that's how it's supposed to work, guys. Aren't you supposed to be representatives of what they want? Yeah, see how that illusion never lasts in the middle of anything that means anything to them? If they're the living embodiment of the constituents' will and they don't want it to happen, what are we talking about? Oh, that's right. You guys are the tyrannical rulers that know better. But we don't say that out loud. Professor Kelly cited the fact that 5,200 patients are in hospital with COVID as a reason for his advised restrictions, but offered no context on what that means. Well, I was with them on this point right up until the next sentence where I said, well, right, exactly. Are they, are they sick because of something else? They got tested while they were there. Are they vaccinated? Are they not vaccinated? Yeah, those things matter. But it says, for example, how many of those people were already severely ill? Right. How many of those people were unvaccinated? Well, I would say vaccinated, but you see where they're going with it because they must be all unvaxxers and that's what matters. Well, that's not what is happening. Their Australian data proves the opposite. The UK data proves the opposite. Anywhere you look right now proves the opposite. That's why they're not talking about the pandemic of the unvaccinated anymore. If someone isn't vaccinated at this stage in the game, this is what the author writes, I'm going to assume they're happy to leave their time on this planet up to fate. Aren't we all? <laughs> My God. And I'm not willing to sit in a face mask all day and help their cause. My, these people are still grasping onto the idea that unless everybody everywhere all the time wears masks, we're all going to die. Like the idea that you wear a mask for other people, I can't even wrap my mind around how childishly remedial that is. So the argument being that we all have to do what we're told all the time or everyone dies. That person way over there is not wearing a mask. You ruined it for everybody. I mean, that's kindergarten level logic. But it's coming back despite the evidence. Now, I'm not going to play this, but I'll include it. Remember this? This is a really important clip. Stephen Petty, he is a an expert, one of the leading, in fact, on PPE. And he makes a real clear point about how the vast majority, if not most doctors, well, same point, most doctors don't understand the science around this because it's not their job. The same way a, a, a scientist in one field wouldn't understand the science in another. They understand it, but they're not experts in it. He is an expert in PPE. And he'll tell you right now that we're being lied to. He testified. It's actually a really great video where the guy doesn't even, it's watch for yourself, but I'll, I won't, I'll include it for you to watch. Now, here's a video that I'm going to play for you real quick. As Mark points out, what they say, surgeons wear masks, so you should too. And the point is, well, let's listen to what they have to say about it. I believe, hold on, let me make sure that one's the right one. Oh, that's frustrating. I was almost, oh, there it is. Hour, we chatted with Dr. Kelly Victory, who had a very different opinion on the effectiveness of masks. I have over 200 published scientific studies refuting the effectiveness of masks in stopping the spread of respiratory viruses. I am happy to debate this. Let's talk about the science. Let's not talk about what's politically correct and what serves another narrative, specifically fear mongering. Um, so let's if we actually had a discussion on the science, we have known for decades that face masks do not stop the spread of respiratory viruses to any appreciable uh, extent. The, the right statement is always, and this is what she said right there, it's not statistically significant, period. All of them find that. Emergency medicine disaster specialist. Now, it's crazy that people will dismiss her as a fake news just because she says that. Do you not care to look at the study? She, they're all there. I always show them to you. The science is very clear. It was before we started this. 
If they did, we wouldn't be in the pickle we're in because the places around the country and around the world that were pedantic about their mask mandates wouldn't have continued to see significant case numbers. Masks, that certainly is not why I or any other surgeon wears a face mask at the hospital or when we are doing procedures. They just don't work that way. And it's cited in documentation. There's plenty of doctors that spoke out about this, surgeons as well, that would say that that it's what the documentation says is just stop spittle and blood from flying out of your mouth, potentially into an open wound. That's it. There's not a conversation about viral transmission. That's not what they were ever meant to be. It's amazing that we have to have this conversation a hundred times over, isn't it? But guess what? Los Angeles is going to bring back mask mandates on July 29th, nine days. Her plan to reinstate mask mandates on July 29th. Because the science, right? Crazy. Well, same thing with lockdowns. Here's James Melville. Many of us were accused of being conspiracy theorists or COVIDians for expressing grave concerns about the economic impact of lockdowns or all the other impacts. And here we are. It happened. It all happened. It wasn't a theory. It's not a cost of living crisis. It's a cost of lockdown crisis. Right? We, we, it's, we just have to be able to admit this stuff finally. And I think most of us are if we just recognize, recognize that the majority clearly sees through this right now. We need to just stand up and make that known. Just to make sure it's clear, by the way, is as they're ready to reinitiate these things for climate change, for whatever else they want to point out, which is really happening right now, on top of just COVID-19, arguably saying that we should reinitiate lockdowns right now. There are, people are already pushing that out. Here's the telegraph from June 2021. Lockdowns are, quote, the single biggest public health mistake in history, says top scientist. He must be one of those anti-science fringe conspiracy theorists, though, right? You really, I mean, you must see how ridiculous this gets. Or the fact that even the WHO, as I played before, says the same thing. I want to say it again. Uh, we in the World Health Organization do not advocate lockdowns as a primary means of control of this virus. Yeah, and it goes on to make more points, but the reality is that if, if it's not the primary means of controlling it, and yet the moment that something happens, they go, lockdown, lockdown, that's what they're doing. I mean, even members of the WHO have now said that, but what, so who are you trusting? Which one of them is an anti-science conspiracy theorist? Apparently the one that didn't tow the line, right? Here's another point. Lockdowns killed 228,000 children in South Asia, according to the UN report. Oh, that's a fringe site. It's probably fake too. Well, here's the UN report. UNICEF.org. We the observed and estimated disruption in these specific services because of lockdowns. You can read through the study for yourself, but it is expected to have had a substantial impact on maternal and child mortality. Now, this is the argument that they wouldn't allow to be stated until now when they they use it for their own purposes. During the lockdowns, we were saying this is going to have catastrophic effects on healthcare, mental illness, everything. People can't go for other reasons. Therefore, this is now fake news. But now they say it because they want to argue why those things aren't because of the vaccines. You see my point? But it goes on to say the number of deaths among children under five are estimated to increase by a total of 228,641, the UN says, across the six South Asian countries in 2020 compared to the previous year, with 134,789 of those deaths expected to occur in the neonatal period. That's incredible. That should be news if it weren't in a completely controlled 
reality. Corporate media should have been screaming about this mid-lockdowns, but they were told their marching orders. The number of stillbirths are also predicted to increase in the region. An estimated 89,434 additional stillbirths are anticipated as a result of reduced coverage of essential services. Right. So those that would be like, oh, the Daily Skeptic, that's a fake news site. We don't listen to doctors. I'm not going to listen to a conspiracy site. Would net would pay fake news. But here's the UN saying it. Is it the UN fake news? Well, truly, in many cases, yes. But to them, no. The point, though, is that this is incredible. How are we going to argue 228,000 estimated increased deaths of children under five in Southern, in, in South Asian countries is acceptable? Let's do it again, apparently. My God, I mean, this is the kind of nonsensical crimes that are happening that we have to acknowledge. Well, on that same point, whether masks or lockdowns, Bernie's tweets points out in Shanghai, 20 million residents will be tested this week after 500 positive cases were detected through the vaccine passport QR system, which is coming to a town near you. Homes are being raided and and residents forcibly removed to camps. Eyes on China. Now, that being said, a huge disclaimer from anything coming out of China. Like, remember during the first part, people collapsing in the streets and all these things that turned most of that turned out to be fake. Not that there wasn't some reality, the lying for your truth kind of point to it, but there were a lot of them were completely fake old videos from before and so on. Right. So we should be very careful about what we see coming out of China, because especially when it's like this, that sort of works for, Oh, it's dangerous. Or, you know, the point is China bad guy, but at the same time, like look at their QR system and how it's working. Like we see how this is being played. Now I'm not saying it's not happening. China is wildly authoritarian. As our government models ourselves, they, they're model, modeling themselves after this. But just be skeptical, as, as in everything we talk about. But to get on to, I mean, mostly finish before we get to the last point on the World Economic Forum, to finish on the heat wave illusion. And I know a lot of you are interested in this right now because this is pretty silly what's been happening. And it's all clearly leading as a means to an end. But here's the show I just did two days ago, the heat wave cover up. Pandemic of the Injected intensifies in, a build, in building a digital road to hell. Derek's great article. But the focus being on the heat wave cover-up and all the links, as always, are right here for you to check out for yourself. It's all the first part, actually. Now, I'm going to do a couple of things reiterated from that show, but I'm going to get into the bulk of the new stuff today. Just real quick points from what we talked about before. The idea was that this is just not really what's happening. The hype of the temperatures and everything else, there's a lot of points to make about why this makes sense. I just followed that. Why this makes sense. First of all, let's say, you know, why in where all the other countries around the world that are having similar temperatures, you're not seeing. Now, the acclimation is a good point to make. But, you know, so over here we have things combusting in the streets. It's okay. Well, what about the places that are way hotter than that all the time? Their grass isn't bursting into flames. How do you make that? How do you make, explain that? You don't. It doesn't make sense because it's not what's happening. They want you to think people, there's fires everywhere and cars bursting into flame. There, This is a big illusion being painted. Not to say there's not an obvious heat wave. But we have things like this. UK halts flights at the largest Air Force base because the runway melted. Well, I made this clear that day. There's your temperature that day. 98 degree high on that day. So uh, literally anything overnight, which by the way, happens all over the world. Same people that build their runways, build them all. We're pretending they just didn't factor in temperatures that are totally possible, that it literally melted at 98 degrees. That's that's dumb and not true. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Unless there's some other factor that they're not including and they did something or whatever else. But let's be clear that 98 degrees would not melt a runway, guys. That would just be wildly unsafe. But here's the seven-day forecast as of today for the U.K., 
Take a look at it, guys. What am I missing? Didn't they just hype this as the biggest heat wave ever? This is today and going into tomorrow, 76, 79, 73, 79 Fahrenheit. Okay, so I, did it, is it passed already? Was it a one-day heat wave? Come on. I mean, this is wild hype. Here's the point of what I was talking about before. UK's hottest ever day, which apparently is true, unless we're getting a, you know, unless they're lying about this on a massive scale, which isn't even, it's irrelevant in my opinion at this point. They're pushing the idea that they had the hottest day ever, which it does seem that it was hot. Leaves charred remains of homes and cars. So if you just read the title, you would think, wow, the heat wave caused these things to burn, right? Britain was scorched by its hottest day ever. And the country glimpsed what could be the new reality in the summer months. So even the secondary subtitle leaves out the part that these were fires that caught houses on fire. Okay, so we're going to assume that the fires were caused by something that were absolutely because of climate change, because of the heat. It's certainly possible. Here's That's the point that I was making. Several houses were destroyed by fires, okay, caused by grass fires. This is a number of significant grass fires spread to nearby buildings. Okay, so here's my point. On this day, which was the July 20th, which was here. So we're, yeah, this was, uh, let's see. So it's today, essentially. So today, 90, 90 it's, uh, we'll, we'll go, actually, technically, this is today, 79 degree high, right? Oh, well, technically, let's just, let's go back to the day that they're telling you was the hottest day. I still point out that it says 98 degree high, by the way. They're pointing at 102 to 4 temperature. Why does it say 98? Just a simple point. There's a little inconsistency there. But let's just give it 102, 104. There's a lot of places around the world, including Sacramento, that I used to, that I grew up in. There's grass all over the place, both dry and not dry. Are, are we really going to pretend that grass is just combusting because it's hot outside? Well, that's not, or cars for that matter. Well, the point here is that they're arguing that these things started because it was hot outside. Now, that's certainly possible because of a, a glass left on the ground or anything else. Magnifying glass propped up by a stick. You know, anything can cause these to happen. But the point should be, why have we never seen this like this propped and hyped before? There's been temperatures one, two degrees different historically. Did the grass burst in flames then? Were cars on fire and houses burning down? No. Or at the very least, they weren't reporting it. I'll prove that to you now. Oh, dang it. I knew I was going to do that. I had some things highlighted, but I can remember what it was. So here is the United Kingdom weather records. So here what you'll see is this is the, the day that they just talked about. This was uh, yesterday, July 19th. Hottest day on record for the UK, they say. 40.3 July 19th. This thing's not loading for me for some reason. There we go. 40.3 or 104 degrees. Again, seems to challenge what it says right over there, but pointing this out just right here below it. July 25th, 2019 was 77, it was 101 for Fahrenheit. So almost 101.7. So three degrees. So you're telling me a three degree difference, certainly possible, changed everything? Well, how about let's get it even closer? Here's an, well, this, this one down here shows you, uh, well, I guess the point's right here anyway. This is 2003. UK high temperature was 38.5. 38.5. 40.3. So we're talking like less than two degree difference to a high that they had in 2003. Was the world burning down? Was grass catching fire? I mean, it wasn't is the point. 
It wasn't August. Same thing. I mean, the reality here, guys, is there's hype happening quite obviously. If this is the case, then you would see this happen all over places that are 110 regularly. 115 happens in Sacramento all the time. You're not seeing this happen outside of specific areas like in the the wilderness areas where there's specific brush fire kind of problems. But that happens every year, whether or not it's 115. You see my point? This is hype, guys. And I think it's very obvious this this is happening. Now, it's the point that I just showed you the other day that I'll make again, where they point out that Portugal and Spain has killed hundreds, unprecedented temperatures rise to 115 in the, okay, well, here is the point I made. There's your average temperature for Lisbon, Portugal, 73 degrees that day. And look at the rest of the week. What am I missing? Here is Spain. Now, high that day was 105. That's 10 degrees difference than what they're pushing. But look, it's generally the same. This is, it doesn't add up. Now, here's some memes they put out just to make this clear. Hot UK summers. So you can see, my, here's the 2003, 38.5. And I just showed you that. You can check these all for yourself. And before the wokes arrived, we took it all in our stride. The point is that all these temperatures right now are being hyped as incredible, day deadly. But it's pretty consistent, isn't it? Especially seeing as how we're they're taking 40.5. It's not that much different than what we've seen before. But here's a really stark example. You can see in the background, you can see 36, 31, right? Which is right now, they're, and, and look, just 2019. There's Everything's below 36 right there. Why is it all in red? Like we're all going to die. It's not, they're not doing that up here. Looks all sunny and green. Now you can jump to 2020. And look, this is 23, 31, 32. Look at the background graphics for 32 degrees. They're, this is about hyping. It's propaganda. Now, I showed you this just the last show, what extreme heat could do to your body and how to stay safe. Experts say we need to start thinking of high temperatures as a natural disaster, right? Hinting at the climate change lockdown emergency declarations, where this is all going. But I didn't show you what the headline said before they changed it. Your blood thickens and then clots. Oh, really? With a body collapse on the ground? That seems a little bit too on the nose. What extreme heat can do to your body or the injections too. You know, we don't want to talk about that. So that's why they hid the blood thickens clots part of it. Because that's too close to what we're hearing that the injection can do. Very rare. They changed the title. On a point I did make the other day as well, just because this is a really stark example of the misinformation. July 12th, they're saying the NFL running back Marion Barber died of heat stroke. Heat stroke, they're claiming. And we'll get into heat stroke next. But the point is that he died in his own apartment in Texas. So he lived in Texas. So he's acclimated to the weather first. He's inside his own apartment. Let's pretend there was no air conditioning, which would make no sense. Died of heat stroke, they say. On June 1st, right? Well, how hot was it on June 1st? 86 degree high. Why won't that let me zoom in? It's weird. 86 degree high. Dallas in June. Now, Dallas is, is that's the point of where we are here talking about uh, it found dead in his apartment, um, and I pointed out it's right here, just north of Dallas. That's where he lives, or he, he lived. So how do you explain that? How do you explain that this guy who lives in Texas was in his own home, acclimated to the area, a professional athlete who works and plays in high-temperature areas, and yet 86 degrees, heat stroke? Why isn't anybody else pointing this stuff out in the corporate? Because they don't care. 
Now, here's the point they made about the part we just went over, that apparently 10,000 excess heat wave deaths should be anticipated. 10,000 for temperatures that are, what, two, three degrees more than we've had in the past? Why does that make sense? Well, Rich People Weekly had some interesting points to make. Also of great potential relevance, he says the forecast of 10,000 deaths due to heat suggests foreknowledge of this exact pathology. This is the study that I'll show you in a second. He goes, I believe I've got a strong working hypothesis regarding the heat stroke narrative. Chronic inflammatory conditions will increase susceptibility to hyperthermia. I believe the injection can cause either acute or chronic inflammation. That's 100%. I've been making this clear from the very beginning. Specifically, systemic inflammation, which can be caused by the injection, but also the mask you wear. That's a fact. I made that clear. That was clear long before COVID-19 ever came around because that's what it does to your body. Increases your risk of the inflammation, which then leads to things like bacterial pneumonia, but also this kind of stuff. So it's a great point to make. So the point is that the injections and other things you're doing are priming people to have the very heat stroke they're then claiming is because of the heat. Now, I'm not saying people don't have that. It happens every year. But the hype and the focus seems very relevant, doesn't it? Here's the study he's pointing out. This is from 2017. Heat stress-induced neuroinflammation. It says uncompensated heat stroke is characterized by hypothermia associated with the systemic hyperthermia associated with the systemic inflammatory response that leads to multi-organ dysfunction syndrome. The multi-organ concept, I mean, this is exactly what we're seeing cause, I mean, it's what they're calling MISC for the most part, multi-system inflammatory problems. It's a similar interesting point here, guys. And the point is that that problem itself is a precursor to having this problem or is associated with it. How do you miss that obvious overlap? And it says chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or COPD or cardiovascular insufficiency, skin disorders should be regarded a priority as predisposing factors for heat intolerance. So we know as a matter of fact, this injection in a very large scale is causing chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or just disease issues with your heart or with your lungs or all these different problems, but specifically the mask more so leading to the COPD, but the cardiovascular insufficiency, that injection correlation, skin disorders, injection correlation, all these things are leading to being predisposed to this problem they're pointing out. Now, I'm not saying that proves it, but isn't that interesting? Something you should consider in your discussion, your research, suggesting a strong correlation of chronic inflammation with heat susceptibility. So chronic inflammation is the point Rich, the Rich, is, uh, it, Rich Weekly is pointing out, that we know it's leading to that because of the injection. So therefore, people that are having that problem right now are more so are, are primed to have a heat problem because of the heat. And that probably would explain what we're seeing. And that very clearly would be because of the injection, not because of the heat in, in many cases. Also, it says patients with chronic inflammatory encephalopathy, the brain swelling point, which is very clearly connected with this injection, characterized by oxidative and neuro neuro uh, neuro neuronal damage, ischemic injury, and brain inflammation are more prone to heat intolerance. All of these things are connected to the injection. So these things are clearly priming people to have problems to damn near everything, including heat stroke. But you know that won't be discussed. Great point, British uh, People Weekly. Thank you for pointing that out. Here's another great point that includes the mask as well. This is a person reaching out via the, the website and says, on the heat, it has been quite hot here in southern Spain, which is not unusual. So there's the Spain point. They're making blowing out portion. He lives there. He goes, no, very common. True that this summer has started with some high temperatures and last few summer temps are on average were lower, but it is quite normal to have several days of high temps. That's just the reality. 
And heat waves are part of our summer days down here in, in where he lives, Andrew Lucia. I think that the problem here is that energy prices are so high, and there you, there's your tie into the thing they're creating, that many people can't afford to run the AC. That's one problem. Great point. But their government pensions do not cover adequately their basic needs in many cases. But on top of that, the stress of the last three years, mass vaccination of the elderly in Spain, that goes to the point before that, all very relevant, but this is the most part, the point that I thought resonated the most. What he finds most revealing is that a large portion of the elderly, the ones that are most at risk to have heat stroke, are still wearing masks when they walk around outside when it's 100 degrees. What do you think is going to happen? Pre-COVID-19, if it was 110 degrees outside, 100 degrees outside, and you're walking around with a sock over your face, what do you think is going to happen? On the mask note, here in Spain, you still have to wear it to get on public transport or any government building related to health, public, or private hospitals. You're making these elderly people have problems. In some cases, I'm convinced of that. This is how the mask is being used, I think, to keep things looking this way, it's my opinion. But he points another point out. Same vein of thought, very important though. Quote, passive heat stroke is experienced primarily by immunocompromised individuals. Think about that. The one they're all trying to get the injection on, even though they don't know if it's safe. It could get bad, as they say, as bad as they say. And yes, they will blame climate change. I agree. It's ridiculous. But here's the study he points out. Now, the point that I took from this is different than what he pointed out. I'm going to make a point out this first part, but let's read what he was pointing out. This is important. In addition to what I'm going to point out next. Passive heat stroke is experienced primarily by immunocompromised individuals, such as the very young or elderly. Pre-existing conditions, such as, there's a few things, mental illness, but drug use, I thought was interesting, may compromise an individual's physiological adjustment to heat stress and increase the incidence of passive heat stroke. Well, that's interesting, right? Well, what drug has been mass given to people around the world? The COVID-19 injection. It is a drug. There's all sorts of things going on. They're altering your body's processes and everything else. So it's interesting to think about how that is priming your body or physiologically adjusting your body in ways that don't that increase your problem. We just pointed that out. That is happening. Just to make that clear. So two different studies find this connection, but here's the point I found really interesting. This is a totally different point. Thank you, British People Weekly, for making those points. Well done. The highest incidence of heat stroke deaths occur in very young or elderly individuals during summer heat waves with, guess what, 200 deaths per year in the U.S. 200 back in 2010. Doesn't sound that many, right? Well, here, this gets quite interesting. 2010, at the time, was the fourth warmest U.S. summer on record. The report also showed that the August, or the hottest month, average temperature was 75 degrees. Now, there, it's average, right? So you're going to, even in a, like right now, I'll show you the average, even for right now, even though it's a hot heat wave, is, you know, not much higher. Because you, you average in every day and all the temperatures and you get a, something like that. That doesn't mean there wasn't 115 degree days, right? But the, the average, and use this as a marker for the rest of them to compare to, the average was 75 degrees, which at the time was 2.2 degrees higher than the long-term average, right? So the fourth hottest summer on record in 2010. So the point, again, was in 2010, 200 deaths per year, you know, like the big problem, right? Well, here is the current article, which weirdly was put out June 6, 2022, or rather updated on that date. Who knows what they changed or why? Clearly, there's a big reason to hype the stuff. The, you know, you, you see why these things get changed about the current, you know, during the current propaganda push. But it says heat-related deaths up 56% between 2018 and 2021, provisional data shows. Well, that's pretty crazy, 56%. So what changed, right? Well, here's the important part. Heat was a contributing factor 
Well, that's a weird way to say that. So like with COVID, it could have not been what they died from. It just contributed. They could have been riddled with drugs and everything else. Yes. You see, that's a little deceiving, but let's just take it at face value for the point of the conversation here. Heat factor, 1,577 US deaths in 2021. Wow. So it goes from 200 per year, 2010. Jumping to 2021, it goes up to 1,577. The heat didn't change all that much. That is unexplainable unless you factor in the things we're talking about today. Now, it says according to provisional data, but it says that's a 56% jump from 1,012 in 2018. So let's start there. It goes from 200 eight years later to 1,012. Well, okay, let's just compare those two dates, right? So here we are in 2010. And what they're telling you in 2010 was the fourth warmest summer on record at 75 degree average. Well, what was 2018? It must have been terribly hotter if we saw a jump of that magnitude. It wasn't. It was cooler. Anyone want to explain that? 73 degree average for August. Same comparable points. 73 degree average. And yet they're arguing that from 2010 with a higher average that we gained over 800 deaths because of heat stroke? Obviously, this has been used before. Let's make that clear. This whole propaganda push around heat stroke is used to cover things up before. That's that's what my conclusion is. I'm not saying I'm proving that. You come to your own conclusions about it. But what we can prove here is that that doesn't make sense. You don't have that much of a jump when it's a cooler temperature average for that year. But let's keep going. Okay, so it goes up to 1,577 by 2021. Now, what you're going to find is a couple of years that are hot, but in general, not that much more hot from 75 degree average. Okay, here's 2019. So this is where it jumps. Now, this is quite a jump. And I'll be honest, to 86 degrees from a 75 degree average is a big jump. That's average. But the point, again, was in the United States, especially in the areas where it is hot, it's reasonably consistent with hot temperatures. But it, what's interesting is that right... It, if it was about the heat, you it, you wouldn't have seen a jump to this much right here from 2018, 2010, if it was going down in temperature, right? Then it goes up to 86 average that year, but then it goes back down in 2020 to 74, right? So this is it just, it fluctuates, guys. This is the illusion of how they frame these things in a specific timeline. It went back down to 74 average the next year, 2020. But yet, we, yet it still went up. We still have all, we're still going all the way up to, I mean, what is the increase from 200 to 1500? Yet it was a lower temperature in 2020. And then it goes back up in 2021, 84. But the, regardless, guys, this, this, this statistically, scientifically doesn't add up. So my point is there's something clearly being done here. Now, Paul Joseph Watson points out, strange how 9,000 mystery excess deaths doesn't prompt a national health emergency, but a bit of hot weather does. And then weirdly enough, he's pointing out there's plenty more than 9,000, by the way, but the idea of like the baffling this and that, the baffling rain disease, the baffling this over here, all these excess deaths we can't explain, except obviously we can't explain them. Think about how interesting the correlation, though, is between 9,000 mystery deaths and the totally expected 10,000 excess deaths because of heat. I don't even think they care how obvious this is anymore. They really don't care. It's obvious as hell. Now, here's the Guardian making you, you know, hyping the, the setting the narrative, let's say, for how this is going to be the, the new, new normal. 
heat waves caused by climate crisis. Now, why do we, why is that the assumption? You see, historically, they talked about cooling temperatures. Now it's hot. And the point is that they just take, take whatever's in front of them. Historically, this is normal. It fluctuates over long periods of time. But the idea that they know this was because of climate, they don't know that. That's the assumption. But they're telling you that this is going to become the regular thing. Exceptionally high temperatures expected across the UK on Monday and Tuesday are entirely consistent, which means their opinion with climate change. What's the consistency? There's plenty of doctors and scientists that will outright completely challenge your entire premise of the climate change. In fact, the opposite, saying that what we're doing is hurting the planet because carbon is necessary. There's a lot of dispute here. But you see, the political movement here is about making this the case. The chief meteorologist said, such as heat uh, warnings that such heat could become regular feature by the end of the century. Yeah, just keep it going. It's going to become a normal hype. Here's what we saw the other day on July 18th. Heat waves prompt wildfires and multiple deaths. When prompt multiple deaths. They predicted it would happen, and there you go, it happened. Prompting it or telling you what they're going to tell you next. Anyway, the fire part of it, I want to make clear to wrap up this last point before we finish the show with the World Economic Forum. As Bernie's tweets points out, trees do not spontaneously catch fire. You know that, right? We all should be aware that that's not really what happens. Here you can see in this clip that you have just this whole side of the road just burning in fire. Now, the point is, could that have happened because of the heat? Certainly possible. But it wouldn't be the heat that causes it, which is the way they're trying to hype this. Like that article we just showed you where they don't really make clear that it wasn't because of grass fires or that it was because of grass fires. They just make it seem in the, head, the headline, which they know most people will glean, skim and move on, that the hottest day is what did it. It's just it's propaganda. But, or here it is where we are right here. My point is, a bottle left in the grass can cause that to happen. We all should know that by now. There's plenty of factors or things people could do. Not putting out a fire properly, blah, 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 right? But it doesn't just randomly catch fire. Now, on top of that, we should recognize that historically, not too long ago in Australia, this was already exposed as a climate-focused hype. Uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Illusion. No, it's not the right word. In any case, that it was that it was conducted by people who are lying for their truth, right? Who are convinced that we're all going to die because of climate change. And so they go out and start fires to make sure we see what they knew was going to happen anyway. Or was it? Well, just so we're clear, that 100% happened. Is it happening here? I don't know. But I do feel it's a little suspicious it's all popped off and they predicted it would happen and then it happened, right? That's pretty ridiculous. We're going to see fires and then we see fire. I mean, you know, they but they see fires every time but to this degree, and what they, maybe they're just hyping what always happens. I don't know. But here's the point. This was, thank you for who shared this with me, back in 2020, when we saw the big hype around all the brush fires in Australia. Remember that? And the big idea, it was all, the whole place was burning down and it was all about climate change. Well, here is the point from the sun. Dozens arrested for deliberately setting these fires. Of course, the corporate media that wanted to hype climate change, although I did was disparage that and say, you're covering up climate change. What are you covering it up? They set the fires, they were caught for it, they were charged for it. So you're covering up for what you want to be happening. But in any case, it says many have been blamed the fires on climate change. But new figures have revealed the cops in the country have arrested multiple people suspected of starting fires in the wild. And, and they did, by the way. In New South Wales, which, by the way, again, is an interesting point to cross over the vaccine illusion, 24 were charged with deliberately setting brush fires since November 8th. 
And they, 10 of them have been arrested since the report in September 1st. Temperatures soared last week, leaving Sydney the hottest place in the world at 50 degrees Celsius. Pretty damn hot, right? Was the grass bursting into flames? Well, apparently people had to set the fires for it to happen. The new arrest figures have sparked a row over the cause of the deadly brush fire crisis, with some saying climate change has been overstated. Arson is not caused by climate change. Right? Come on, guys. This gets a little ridiculous. Now, I'm not to say that you can't have these things happen because of, you know, I won't say climate change because of the hot temperature. Right now, again, to be clear, for those that haven't seen my work before, I'm not arguing that we're not destroying this planet because we all should be able to argue that the military is the biggest polluter on the planet. Right. We're hurting this planet in a lot of ways. But the climate change hype is complete hype around what they're arguing and how they're framing it, and the carbon reduction. I actually just reached out to Tony Heller, by the way, to have him on the show because he knocks this, this topic out of the park. Anyway, just I think that's all I had in here. The point is, this is what happens to some degree, right? Sort of like the fake hate crimes. That doesn't mean that hate crimes don't exist, but it does mean that people with an agenda will fake them to lie for their truth or just just to lie. But we never are allowed to talk about that. And this story, too, is put to bed because climate change is all that matters, right? Well, this leads us to the climate change emergency and the World Economic Forum direction. My God, I'm telling you, these, they're unfollowing me constantly from this stuff. But anyway, Bernie's tweets again, great, doing great work. U.S. climate change will require military intervention. Well, gee, what an unexpected development. Next up, a climate emergency, which seems to be about to happen. This isn't about climate, she writes. It's about control. Civil unrest worldwide will need quashing. What better way than a lockdown? Now, here's what Kirby is actually saying, guys, that climate change is why the military was was forced, forced, hands tied, of course, to go in and invade countries. You know, and while we're there, we'll steal resources and rape people and rob and, you know, but that's just a side effect. No, that's that's the reason. But the point is that they're arguing now that climate change is why the military may need to do these things. I mean, think about how alarming that is. And lastly, it's a driver of actual emissions because uh, climate change uh, creates uh, instability, which creates insecurity in some places. And instability, huh? Climate change that we're not, that we're still debating. It hasn't even seen real long term. Like the hot temperatures is the best they can do right now. Even if I'm wrong, the point is, where has there been instability because of what you're pointing at? The instability was a direct result of your illegal actions. I mean, we this should be a basic, like this should be taught in kindergarten. Everybody knows everything, the historical reality of the invasion and toppling of countries, regime change. I mean, all you got to do is look back to the to the early the South South America, pre you know like the nineteen seventy before, even after that for the most part. But the kind of things that they openly did. Regime change for fruit companies or for control. They just lie about why they're doing it today because the internet. This is insulting to your intelligence to frame that Syria was because of a drought. They didn't even argue that. They argued it was because Assad shot people. Like, they just think of, this is just clumsy rhetoric. But we're on the new climate change direction and biosecurity state, so let's just rewrite reality, which is what they always do. Some places, and you can end up the, the, the fighting in Syria. Uh, insecurity in some places, and you can end up, the, the, the fighting in Syria uh, started really as a result of a drought. Um, and so there's, uh, there's a, it, it can actually drive military missions and, and, and force the military to become involved in places and at times. Force them, huh? Explain that. How does a drought even force the military to become involved? Are you really pretending your goal was to go and help people get water? And so you went there and 
remove their water, right? We're going to go help Yemen have water. So we're going to stop them from having water. We're going to make sure Palestinians don't have water. We're going to make sure Venezuelans don't have water or food for the same places. Like, how do you even try to pretend this? I mean, Kirby, this is, this is just a whole cloth fabrication. Oops. It's emissions and, and, and force the military to become involved in places and at times uh, where they wouldn't have had, had to otherwise. Had to, right? Oh, the forlorn hero, right? How embarrassing. Well, Biden's considering issuing a climate emergency declaration. Now, this this has been developing today. I was trying to follow it. And last I checked, this was this kind of the back and forth of it all, right? Today, they come out and say, Biden's new steps on climate to fall short of emergency declaration. That's the first part. And all it says is that today, Biden will unveil new executive steps to address climate in a visit to Massachusetts today, apparently, that are expected to fall short of declaring an emergency, many Democrats had urged. You're going you're gonna to laugh at what actually happened. In the visit to Massachusetts, which is, which is happening right now, Biden will stress, apparently they know, because they're psychic, because they tell them that climate change is, a, quote, an existential threat to our nation and the world. Not everybody agrees with that. So this is the insulting part about how they force in what they want you to believe and will make clear that, quote, since Congress is not going to act on this emergency, then he will. Again, isn't Congress supposed to be the embodiment of what people want? So you're just telling us we don't care what the people want. We're going to do what I want. Democracy, right? Well, it is, in fact, democracy, but it says Biden has been under pressure to declare a climate emergency, which will enable the use of, guess what, guys? The same thing Trump initiated, Defense Production Act to ramp up production of a wide range of renewable energy products and systems. So we're going to just skip over the fact that what Americans want and vote for and say, we decide this is the right thing. So we're going to declare essentially production martial law. Yes, that's what he's talking about. Urging him to declare a climate emergency, which also opens up the exact same kind of emergency powers that we saw under COVID and are still there. And to uh, declare a climate emergency and use aggressive executive action. That's where we live today. By, we live by fiat mandate to limit emissions from fossil fuel produced on public lands and waters and maximize use of electric vehicles, you know, that run on batteries and, and charging sites that use oil to run them. Because that makes sense, right? Or the wind turbines that have oil that use to make them work. <laughs> it's all a big manipulation because if we really wanted to stop this stuff, it should come down to... Look, that's a, the whole conversation I've had a thousand times. I'm going to deviate for 20 minutes if I do that. But the bottom line is this is an illusion that they're painting for you. And the idea of limiting emissions applies to you as the average person in your house with your car. If we pretend for one second that the actual company, like, I mean, for crying out loud, we just talked about this. They just ruled that oil and gas and nuclear technology and weapons are green technologies. I mean, think about how stupid that is. So they're going to allow them to operate under the idea that it's an green technology because oil we need to fight the bad guys to be able to initiate climate change. But that's ridiculous. The bottom line is you will be charged. You will pay for your tax and you will be the only person affected. The big companies will simply pay their tax and keep polluting. But the president is not expected to declare a climate emergency on Wednesday, even as the heat waves swept across the country. Why we, the, the argument that those are connected is ridiculous to me and threaten millions of Americans as well as the power grid. All of it relates to the large, we need to reimagine our world because we're insecure. It's funny how that was never, if we, if we brought that up before COVID-19, you were un-American. How dare you suggest we're not, well, now it's like exactly the opposite. Same thing everybody was doing before him, meaning left, right, illusion. But here we are now today. 
Same day, by the way, but just later in the day. And the point is, this is pretty funny to me because all the point is he's going to declare something on Wednesday. And guess what? He came up and he said, I declare I'm going to declare it next week. <laughs> That's what actually happened. Just kicking it down the road. I, you, you decide for yourself. But the point is the climate change emergency is completely on the table right now, which means lockdowns, math, everything else they want to initiate because of it. Climate change is an emergency. And in the coming weeks... I- I might have downloaded this, but the point is, he says, quote, climate change is an emergency. So this is just continuing to set the table to prime you for why that makes sense, to declare an emergency because of the thing he just told you was an emergency. Climate change is an emergency. And in the coming weeks, I'm going to use the power I have as president to turn these words into formal, official government actions through the appropriate proclamations, executive orders, and regulatory power that the president possesses. <laughs> so, yay, he postponed for a week. Yay. Well, that's what he just said he was going to do. That's what they all talked about he was going to do today. And he comes out and says, I'm going to do it next week. Well, what's the why? Why not do it now? There's no difference. It's just because they're not politically ready for it. They know that we're not ready for it because most people are aggressively pushing back on this. So they kick it down a little bit. Now they're going to wait for the next shooting or the next big event, and they're going to quietly push it in. How much you want to bet? Either way, guys, I think it's pretty clear we can see this is coming. Now, here is the alarming reality of what they're already discussing for the idea of climate change and how they're going to stop it in the emergencies and the, the sprawling action they're going to take, not just Biden, but his grouping of the World Economic Forum lackeys and what they're going to try to push in and what they've always been hyping. This is crazy right here. This is the kind of stuff, the mad scientist push for what we're going to do to suppress the sun. I mean, this is right out of a dystopian movie. This is posted on the World Economic Forum TikTok channel, which I didn't even know they had a TikTok channel. But this is literally arguing that we should blot out the sun to a small degree to stop climate change. This is alarming stuff to me. Now, I uh, come on. I'm There it is. I knew I had it right here. Oh, okay. It's one of those. Apologies. Let me see if this is loud enough. I don't know why sometimes it just doesn't let me play it. Let's see if this is loud. Oh, that's weird. Or not playing at all. Let's see. Oh, that's right. It doesn't matter anyway. I forgot. It's it's not a, it's one of those world economic, one of those videos where they just have weird music and they just say things. So for those in the podcast, I'll just explain. So it says MIT scientists say space bubbles. Let me turn this down. Say space bubbles could help. I keep missing it. Could help reverse climate change. Space bubbles. It says by reflecting the sun's heat away from Earth. You know the heat that we need to live and heat that we need to grow plants and you know create oxygen. The argument being that we have too much right now. But who's to say we're not going to do a little bit too much or make a mistake or you know kill everybody? Because we just saw how well their vaccine technology push worked, right? We can trust the science, right? It says, scientists say cutting out just 1.8% of the sun's rays would fully reverse global warming. You know, even though it was the opposite of this before, climate change and talking about an ice age and everything. But yeah, we just switch the narrative because it's different, right? However, it would be several years before space bubbles might be put to use. Making the task of decarbonizing life on Earth no less urgent. Decarbonizing life on Earth? Do you not realize that carbon is an essential part of what makes this planet operate or life exist? 
I mean, how do you decarbonize life? That's incredible. This is literally the, the transhumanist kind of direction where life is the enemy of where they're going. Human life is a problem. The bubbles would be manufactured in space by robots. They would be they would form a raft about the size of Brazil. Nothing could go wrong here, right? I've tried to pause it, I guess. This would be placed at a a land grange point. Give me in the chat what that actually means. This is that is oh, this is right there. A point in space where the sun and earth's gravity balance each other out. This would keep the raft fixed in position. This kind of large-scale physical solution to climate change is called geoengineering. Oh, you mean that fake news story that never happened? How funny is that? That's a conspiracy. If you say right now, if you say geoengineering on Twitter, you're called a conspiracy theorist. Or that there's fluoride in the water, or that there's black helicopters, or that there's anything that have been proven a hundred times over. You know, the NSA spying on you. Oh, fake news conspiracy theory. But now we're going to use it to fight climate change. Several such ideas have been proposed. From spraying aerosols into upper atmosphere. Remember, this was like in 2018. So this is my point. This is conspiracy theory to them. Even though it is exactly what we've been saying and exactly what you can prove has been happening long before 2018. Provably, scientific studies have shown levels of aluminum, barium, and this is exactly what they're arguing to spray to stop what the, to reflect the sun. Like it's already happening. Gee, I wonder why we're having problems and weird heat flows and weird shifting weather that doesn't make sense. Gee, I wonder. Do you think they'd ever let us know that they made a mistake or maybe that they tried to do? I mean, who they would? This is the same thing we're making with the telling or discussing with the vaccines. Are they ever going to say, "Oops, you got us. We made a mistake." or that we meant to hurt you, that will never happen. How much you want to bet what's happening right now and the weird fluctuating weather and tornadoes and whatever else are because of this kind of experimentation. My opinion. To churning up tiny bubbles on the ocean's surface. All with the aim of reflecting solar radiation back into space. However, the MIT scientists say Earth-based geoengineering solutions could be too risky. I don't, don't you love how they always throw it in like, we're, we're factoring in the risk. No, you're not. All you like to do is go, they say it's risky. Let's get this going. As they might have unintended consequences for the biosphere. Yeah, let's play, let's risk the life on the planet. Let's risk stopping the sun entirely. That's what they're talking about. And that space-based solutions could be safer. How's your country tackling climate change? You see my point? This is crazy. World Economic Forum. On that note, you might have seen the UK and the Prime Minister run Liz Truss or Rishi Sunak set to be the next UK Prime Minister. It's sort of like the idea in the US where it always seems to be the people that are related. Well, guess how? They're related. Well, what do you know? The only last two people that are, eight, are gonna, one of the two are going to become Prime Minister are both working or associated with the, the World Economic Forum, which a lot of them are. But just absorb that. Here's Rishi. Here's Liz Truss. They're World Economic Forum partners, guys. That's not a, it shouldn't surprise you at all. Now, as Liz Churchill points out, everybody should be uncomfortable with Yuval Harari stating on video that, quote, this will be the last generation of homo sapiens. This wasn't even new, by the way. This person says, show me the video, and she posted, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. We've, we might have shown this one before, but I want to play this again. This video specifically, oh, you know what I just realized I didn't do was cut this the way I wanted it. Let me see how loud this is. I think this is loud enough. Let me know in the chat. 
I was going to cut this, but I will just play it from right here. Now, this is where he says that. It's 2018. But listen to what he's saying, guys, because this is pretty crazy. So I want to talk to you today about this. <laughs> that, that, welcome to the life of Ryan Christian working with these platforms. Half the time, like right now, like, by the way, I know where it was, by the way, but this is funny how that happens. But what's funny, by the way, if you try to do like, I don't know, transcripts, you know, let's wait for it. What do you think? Do you think it'll just never show up? You're right if you're guessing that. But if I put it on a private window, it shows up instantly. Sort of like all the other things that YouTube blocked probably based on my IP address. It's pretty funny, isn't it? No, it's alarming and maybe illegal, but let's keep going. Here is the point. So I want to talk to you today about the future of our species and really the future of life. We are probably one of the last generations of Homo sapiens. Within a century or two, Earth will be dominated by entities that are more different from us than we are different from Neanderthals or from chimpanzees. Because in the coming generations, we will learn how to engineer bodies and brains and minds. These will be the main products of the economy, of the 21st century economy. Not textiles and vehicles and weapons, but bodies and brains and minds. Now, how exactly will the future masters of the planet... Future masters of the planet. Don't miss that point. ...look like... This will be decided by the people who own the data. Those who control the data control the future, not just of humanity, but the future of life itself. Because today, data is the most important asset in the world. In ancient times, land was the most important. And who controls the data, right? All these conversations about Facebook and Twitter and Right. We see where this was building to. They knew this back then. There's a reason we've been led here. And there's a reason they've been collecting all of the information, the data. As Corbett puts it, data is the new oil. Right. He's telling you right now, the new masters of the planet, in, in we, that we are the last generation of homo, homo sapiens because they're working on this right now. They're openly telling you this stuff, guys. And this is called crazy fake news. As they speak amongst themselves and have these discussions in these groups, here is Jane Goodall basically saying that we the world would be better off if we go back to populations that were much, much less. Now, I'm one of the people that generally pushes back a little bit on the idea that it's all about depopulation, not because it's not possible and what it wouldn't serve an agenda, but I find it hard to believe they would get rid of people that they would use. But I'm not saying if there's logical reasons to make this argument, but here's a World Economic Forum discussion, and here's Jane Goodall making that point. cannot hide away from human population growth because, you know, it underlies so many of the other problems. All these things we talk about wouldn't be a problem if there, were, if there was the size of population that there was 500 years ago. Well, that's a little bit alarming, especially with the idea of what we're doing right now. But just, you know, just a thought of where their minds are at and how they see the human species and how they see it as a detriment to the planet. Now, which, by the way, is a fair argument to make, but it's not their choice to argue 
who gets to stay and who doesn't, who gets to live and who doesn't, who gets to be controlled and who doesn't, who gets to own things and who doesn't, which is what's happening right now. They can keep calling conspiracy theory all they want. It's publicly stated what they're trying to accomplish. Here's Bernie's tweets pointing out the same thing about the climate emergency, but off the charts, had a good point, just a comparison here. You see, I swear, I just, do you see my point, guys? I just followed her on the other page. I, it's, it's incredible where we welcome the technocracy, guys. Off the charts. Problem, COVID. Solution, lockdowns, forced vaccination, digital IDs. Problem, inflation. Solution, central back digital currencies. Problem, climate change. Solution, climate lockdowns. Insect consumption, trackable EVs. The one who creates the problems or problem are the ones who provide the solutions. A dark dystopia. This is the problem, reaction, solution, reality. This is where we are that we need to understand. And on top of the differences here, the point is generally the same stuff, the same lockdowns, the same control, the same digital prison. And finally, on that same point, problem, reaction, solution, this person says, this is New York City today. This is New York City. Every time it rains hard now, our basic infrastructure is so not ready for what's coming. Now, he may, you know, on may, probably right. But why is that exactly? This is a very self-serving point that we're seeing all over the place. We're going, look at how the infrastructure has collapsed. Well, why exactly? Are you not paying taxes? Are they not using it for what they're supposed to? Well, ah, there's the point. Because as I said, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Maybe if they use just a fraction of the trillions of your tax dollars spent on war, these totally preventable issues wouldn't need to be reimagined. They'd just be fixed. This is exactly what you're told taxes are used for, but aren't. That's your reality, guys. And it's all going to be, look at how bad it is. We need to redesign it. Infrastructure is crumbling because we need to do something different. Well, maybe that's not even the wrong point. Or not even, maybe that's, maybe you would agree with that. But we shouldn't allow a group of unelected technocrats to decide what that solution is for you. Because historically, their documentation, what they've said, what we're watching and what's happening now, make it undeniably clear that it has nothing to do what's best for you. But, you know, call me a conspiracy theory and dismiss the whole damn thing because that's what it seems like people want to do. But at the end of the day, if you choose to care, all the data is there for you. All the links, all the information, all the peer-reviewed science that continue to back up what we're saying. Thank you for being here because you continue to support this platform and you continue to be objective enough and discerning enough to at very least ask questions. So thank you guys. You inspire me every day by being here. And by the way, I've had a great flood of support from our new donation link. Uh, you know, I mean, since I bring it up, I might as well show real quickly for those that might not have seen the last show on the homepage. Now we included a donation link right on the, the, uh, the sidebar as well as the top where it just says donation now where you can support this platform. And by the way, on top of that, in general, while this is loading, I keep forgetting to point this out. If you want to say, it's come to my attention. Oh, look at that. It's the head, head image. That's cool. It's come to my attention. A lot of people are like, where do we get these shirts? It's just, I, 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 I forget that people don't know this stuff's posted. But truthclothing.io, which is Nathan Liptavale, also a, a, a podcast, doing a great job, supports, uh, runs truthclothing.io, which supports independent media. They run it out of their own home. These are real people. Partners. Under T-Lab, The Last American Vagabond, Slow News Day, we, we got, they've got them set up here as well, doing great work as well. But here's the page link. I'll include it. If you want to take a shirt or any other shirts down here, that supports our work, as well as, as uh, truthclothing.io. And here it is in the sidebar. Support T-Lab today. Donate. Or up here, just donate. And on, last thing on that, by the way, guys, is that 
I hope you know this. I've had some amazing letters sent to me. Uh, so one great person just sent me a gold back uh, for, from, he lives in Alaska. I mean, there's a lot of really great people out there that I'm just struggling to get back to. They were trying to send, we, we, I do not, we don't send anything back unless it's a handwritten letter, handwritten letter because it means something to me. But I hope you all know how much what you write means to me. And if we, if it falls to the cracks or I miss your email, which by the way is, I miss a lot of emails. It's impossible to me, for me, but I want you all to know how much it means to me truly deeply means to me that you're writing and you're reaching out and how much what we've done has affected your life and how much what you say means to what all of us are doing. It's not being missed. I promise you, whether the email was responded to or not, or the letter was responded to or not, it means everything to me. And I read every single one of them. I love you all. As always question everything, come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. And I have to say, um, when I mention our names, like this Merkel, um, even uh, Vladimir Putin and so on, they all have been young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. Mm -hmm. But um, what we are very proud of now is the young generation, like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, um, President of, Brazil, of uh, Argentina and so on, that we penetrate the cabinets. So yesterday I was at a, at a reception for Prime Minister Trudeau and I know that half of this cabinet or even more half of, uh, half of this cabinet are for our actually young global leaders of the world economy form. That's true in Argentina as well. It's true in Argentina and uh, it's true in France now. Mm -hmm. I'm here with the president, with a young global leader, but... And so who do we have as we walk, uh, Klaus, in, in, uh, in the different meetings? What type of uh, stakeholders do we have, Are we the constituencies? Stakeholders, we have, uh, if, if I look at our stakeholders, we have business, uh, of course, uh, as a very important audience, and we have politics, we have uh, uh, continuous uh, uh, partnerships with many governments around the world, and of course we have NGOs, uh, we have trade unions, we have all those different parts. Media, of course. Media, of course. And very important um, experts and scientists and academia. Because if we are looking at the future, I think we should look at new solutions. And the new solutions will be very much driven by technological uh, developments. And we even have, uh, you even have religious leaders, right? We have religious leaders. We have social entrepreneurs, very important social entrepreneurs.
difficulty which we have is to create a consensus in a very empowered world. And that's what we stand for, for the process to integrate people and to create such a consensus. Thank you very much, Klaus. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you.